which was to become Barnfield East Academy. Managers at the Vauxhall factory in Luton say they're still investigating the source of a cat pee smell nearby. Residents have been complaining about the smell for years and the Environment Agency has been working with Vauxhall to find the source. During its latest investigation, carried out in conjunction with BBC Three Counties Radio, the company says it detected a rotten egg smell near the plant's trade effluent off Airport Way, but not a cat pee smell. Subsidies for onshore wind farms and solar power will be cut as part of big changes to support renewable energy. Instead, there'll be more support for offshore wind power. Sources say solar and onshore wind projects no longer need support, but offshore wind farms require help to encourage long-term investment. £25 billion of investment in infrastructure projects has been promised by the big six insurance firms. The announcement's being made as ministers publish plans for public and private investment in energy, transport and other infrastructure. The government hopes it will help revive the UK economy. Plans to sell a Royal British Legion club in St Albans have angered residents and club members. Mitchell Hall has been a club for more than 80 years, but now the headquarters of the Royal British Legion wants to sell it off. A councillor in Milton Keynes wants the area's famous residents to be immortalised in road names. At the moment, only the names of dead people can be used on street signs. Councillor Lee Barney says Red Bull's Formula One world champion Sebastian Vettel could have a road named after him. Not not just um, Sebastian Vettel, you know, Greg Rutherford, Mark Webber, uh, Pete Winkleman, you know, they've all done such wonderful things for Milton Keynes and I think it's fitting to give them a tribute that, you know, the best that the city can give them. In football, it was a nil-nil draw for Watford in their championship match with Burnley. Luton Town beat Staines 2-0 to get through to the second round of the FA Trophy. The weather, light rain spreading across beds, hearts and bucks this morning, then a pleasant and sunny afternoon with a high of 7 Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. We're coming to towns and villages all across our counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's got a wonderful, youthful vibe. The shopkeepers would chat to you and then they'd remember you when you came back. If things need doing, then people do get together. All this week in Hitchin. It's lovely. I wouldn't like to live anywhere else. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's Wednesday. It's the 4th of December. I watched half of a Christmas film last night. I'm feeling festive. Oh, I'm imbued with the Christmas spirit. Is imbued the right word, Paul? Imbibed. Yeah. With the Christmas spirit. Lots to talk about on the show, though. Not particularly Christmassy. Quite serious, in fact. As the government probe into allegations of grade massaging and bullying, the Barnfield Federation continues. Its former boss has stepped down from his current job. Paul Scoins will be here with the latest, and he hasn't stepped down. In fact, he'll be stepping very much up to the mic. Catherine writes this stuff, Paul, I'm sorry. Catwee, angry locals, calibrated noses. It has to be a job for Justin Dealey. He'll be strutting around the streets of Luton in a shirt unreasonably slashed to the waist. Catherine writes this stuff. Sorry, Justin. And, sorry? It's supposed to be unseasonably. Carry on, you ruined it. I didn't ruin it, Catherine. Yeah, you ruined it. Right. I didn't ruin it. Yeah, you did. You wrote something that was too wordy and didn't work as a concept. Was it a long word? Hang on a second. You back now? Yeah. What happened, sick note? Where, where were you? I was really ill. I'm still a little bit ill, but I'm soldiering on. You should try it. Did you get all your Christmas shopping done yesterday? No, but I did write your work for Christmas, so well done for that. 
An awkward start to the show, isn't it? Awkward. <laughs> Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. If you want to get in touch, facebook.com forward slash bbc3cr. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. We'll also be finding out later on whether the pensioner who was threatened with eviction from Milton Keynes Hospital has been given her marching orders. She was going to get the boot today. But before that, the former head of the Barnfield Federation has stepped down from his current role at an international teaching group. Sir Peter Burkett said the current government inquiry into allegations including including grade massaging and bullying at the Bedfordshire-based Federation and College, was a distraction to the GEMS Education Group. Well, our political reporter Paul Scoynes has been following this. What's happened? Well, Ian, uh, it was around half past five last night that we became aware of this statement from Peter Burkett, and uh, I'll just read it now. Over the past several weeks, uh, the Department for Education investigation of the Barnfield Federation has achieved prominence in the press in order that this issue does not become an undue distraction for my colleagues and the work of GEMS Education. I've decided to resign from my position. GEMS have accepted my resignation and I'm grateful for their continued support. Uh, the uh, chief operating officer of that company, GEMS, Dino Varki, said that with sadness we support Peter Burkett's decision to stand down with the media's effect as he has requested. And we thank him for his hard work and wish him well in the future. Now, GEMS <coughs> excuse me, is a sort of international education provider. They run a number of schools around the world. Uh, they have a number in the Middle East. Um, and Peter Burkett was the sort of director, was the sort of chief executive indeed of that UK operation. We tried to contact him last night, um, but he's not returned any calls. What did uh, Burkett do at Barfield? Well, he founded it, really. I mean, it was his, it was his baby, if you like. In 2007, he uh, turned Barnfield College into the first sort of further education college academy uh, to sort of sponsor uh, these sort of academies and indeed, more recently, free schools. Mm. Um, he grew that federation from there, took on two secondary schools, did improved GCSEs, indeed achieved outstanding results at, uh, at one of them. And, um, you know, that then was the basis in which they grew the academies and the, well, into academies, into, into free schools, into the, the sort of family, if you like, of Barnfield. Uh, the f- current five schools um, also sponsor a free school as well. And there are plans in the pipeline, although those are on hold at the moment because of this investigation, mm. to expand even further. There are three awaiting um, uh, sort of technically known as conversion one is very you know very much far down that line um and they're looking outside of uh, bedfordshire too to other counties like cambridgeshire where there's uh, they've been named as the sponsor of a free school in ely and there's also plans um afoot to to try and bid for one in didcot in oxfordshire as well um he was knighted last year in the Queen's Birthday Honours for Services to Education, left Barnfield in February uh, and indeed stopped, started working at this, this, this company, GEMS, and stepped down yesterday. So it's been quite a year for him. He stepped down because of this investigation that we've, we've mentioned on the show before. What's he said about that specifically? Well, he's not said anything other than through a statement which was at the time released through GEMS. He said that uh, he'd been made aware of this investigation through the media um, but wasn't sort of sure of what the purpose or scope of the audit was. So he didn't comment on any of the specifics. What he did say was that when he moved on from Barnfield as the Director General of the whole Federation, it was reported to him that the interim results were the highest ever. There were healthy financial reserves 
and the staffing uh, reshaping of the college would put that organisation, he said, in a solid position moving forward. Um, he said as well, uh, he mentioned that Barnfield in the past had explored the possibility of turning the college into a not-for-profit company, uh, but was decided not to pursue that and to keep the uh, college as part of the federation proper. Now, the investigation... Uh, does indeed look into the college and the federation specifically. Mm. The Barnfield are very clear. They keep saying to me, "It's not to do with the academies. It's not to the academies." Um, you know, we understand. We don't know from the DfE exactly what the scope of their investigation is. We know what some of the people who've been contributing to that investigation have said, um, and they have come from indeed academies. But the actual scope, as far as we know, you know, the letter of the statement from the DfE is that it's the college and the feder- uh, foundation. The investigation into the Barnfield Federation and the college where are we with those well if you remember it we were due to it was due to take between four to six weeks now you interviewed stephen hall who's the chief executive of uh, of, of the barnfield federation on yes. the, i think it was the 23rd of um october mm-hmm. so we're about five weeks in um to this so that would make it any day now we understand that the dfe has indeed completed the interviewing uh, for this investigation. We know, uh, though, that some teachers have struggled to contact the Department for Education. I've been told by sources yesterday that it could be in the next 10 days, but indeed nobody really knows. The DfE won't confirm. They only say that that it is investigating the Federation and taking those allegations very seriously. Um, We, we, as I say, know that the allegations relate to grade massaging and the finances of the group and the college. We understand, too, uh, as you said at the start that there have been allegations of bullying of staff made to the DfE, although Barnfield has denied any wrongdoing throughout this process. You mentioned that some people have tried to con- uh, contact and I assume complain, but hadn't been able to get through. What's that all about? Yeah, that's right. Well, something that's come back from uh, a number of whistleblowers who've contacted us here at Three Counties uh, and at BBC East have told us that they've struggled to get through uh, and in some cases have given up as a result of the process. So they've got complaints about this thing that's being investigated. Mm. They tried to call up the body investigating it mm-hmm. and not being able to get through to the right department and register those complaints. Indeed. Wow. And I had a go uh, at doing this myself, actually. I, I called up and I tried to get through. Uh, it took me 15 minutes before I actually was was put through to somebody who knew something about the investigation, mm. who was then only able to provide me with an email address. Right. So it's fairly unsatisfactory. Um, we did put these points to the Luton MP, Gavin Shuka. I'm aware that uh, for many people they tried to raise the concerns of the Department for Education directly and were misdirected into a route where they couldn't do so. That is a really serious concern, especially when we've got so many colleges now looking to expand into many other uh, fields of education. Now, the Department for Education told me after this that uh, they said teachers and others with concerns about a school can raise those concerns via a letter, email, completion of the DfE online contact us form or even over the telephone. Not so sure about that. Uh, All concerns, they say, are taken seriously and staff are well trained in how to deal with that in such cases and always follow them up fully and swiftly again um we are making sure they say though uh, that anyone contacting us through our general inquiries number is directed to the right team straight away and we managed to put this point to the education secretary michael gove is that right yeah we did and in this interview which you'll hear more of later this week he said that uh, he said this about those failed attempts to contact the dfe obviously if there are people who feel that uh, their attempt to blow the whistle or to register complaints uh, haven't been handled properly then 
A, I'm concerned about it, and B, I want to make sure that they get a proper answer. Paul, thank you very much uh, for that. We'll have more on this throughout the morning, and later this week we'll be looking ahead to a special Sunday politics piece that uh, you've put together this weekend mm. with, with whistleblowers from the Barnfield Federa- Federation family. When, when's that going to be on? Uh, well, it's, it's scheduled to be out on Sunday, Sunday the 8th of December. OK, Paul, thank you very much indeed. 08459 455555. Ah, this is nice. version for a long, long time. Marianne Faithful, fantastic. 6.15 BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. We've got no problems on the major routes at the moment. The M40, M1, A1M all looking good. In Farnham Common, we've got some roadworks. Collinswood Road is closed between One Pin Lane and Templewood Lane. And in Wootton, the A421 has temporary traffic lights at Fields Road. This is Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. I used to live in Farnham Common. She just mentioned it on the travel. I got excited. I used to live there. It's exciting when you, it's exciting when the place you used to live in is mentioned on the radio, I find. Slough. It's 6.16, it's Wednesday, the 4th of December. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Sir Peter Burkett has resigned from his new job as the Department of Education investigates the Barnfield Federation in Bedfordshire, where he used to be in charge. 
People in St Albans are angry about plans to sell off their Royal British Legion Hall. And in football, it was a nil-all draw for Watford at Burnley last night. The weather, light rain this morning, but sunny this afternoon with a high of nine Celsius. BBC's Three Counties Radio. It's about where I live with my family. It's about my family and the issues that we face. It's a place dedicated to local news, entertainment and music. BBC Three Counties Radio is a friend. It's fun. This radio station is the glue that holds together Bedfordshire, Hertfordshire and Buckinghamshire. We just keep it together. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
We told you before the sun did, I'll have you know, uh, that Vauxhall Motors have started sending out sniffers with specially calibrated noses, their words not ours, to keep a check on a cat we smell, which seems to be emanating from their factory in Luton. Well, they're trying to disprove the Environment Agency's theory that something in the paint they use is causing the pong, which seems to draw more complaints from locals around this time of year. Well, our reporter, Sophie Solaria, jumped at the chance of going out on one of the daily odour walks in the company of Borough Councillor David Franks, Vauxhall's environmental manager, Neil Revell, and the plant's environmental engineer, John McGrath. We're going to the uh, Oda Walk. This is a daily uh, function here at uh, IBC, uh, where we visit 29 points around the plant and uh, see if we can detect any smells. OK, is your nose suitable to be able to smell all these smells? Yes, it is. I've uh, I've had my nose calibrated at a local uh, laboratory to a scientific standard. Councillor Franks, have you had your nose calibrated? Uh, not recently, no. No, I haven't either, but let's just hope that we're on their wavelength. Right, we've taken a two-minute walk from the reception to gate two at Vauxhall, and it is here that point one, I think, begins. So uh, can you just tell me what I have to have to do, Neil? Just have to breathe into your nose and see what you can smell. Right. Breathe normally. Breathe normally. Councillor, are you breathing? I'm breathing, oh yes. I'll make sure I keep breathing. (laughs) (laughs) Fine, so point one I think is uh, suitable, it's clear. All right, next up. We've got uh, about a minute and a half walk up the road. A minute and a half. Point two comes out at? A zero. A zero, okay. Okay, so we've just completed uh, the smell of point three. There's no smell up here. No, no, nothing that I can detect. Okay, we're heading to point four next, which yep. is just around the corner here. John. No, no smells at point four. No smells at point four. Okay. You can see how this is going. We're going to be doing this for a long time to come. We're on point four. Uh, as previously said, we've got 29 points to follow. Um, I'll report back when we've done a few more. So we're inside now, the plants. Yeah, inside the trade effort treatment plants where our uh, water is treated prior to discharge from the sewer. Oh, and I'll tell you what, the unfortunate situation is that when we get to point seven, you're greeted by a horrific smell of egg. And that means that we're going to have to be here for long, longer than 30 seconds, isn't it? It is, yes. We stay here for two minutes. Oh, John, it's vile. Yes, this is a, this is a natural... Uh, Byproduct of the, of the chemicals we use to treat the uh, the paint that we take out of the water. This so is the less glamorous part of your job. It certainly is. It certainly is. So two minutes on the clock. The two minutes on the clock. Um, that's the smell. This is the smell. I'm pretty sure it is. Councillor, you're saying now that we're at point seven of uh, the Vauxhall, what we've called the wee wee walk. I don't think that's cat wee though. Well, as I, as I said all along, I don't know what cat's wee smells like. But this smell that we're experiencing now seems very much to me like the smell that I've experienced in outside the residence houses in Lalliford Road and Devon Road and by the fence at the bottom of the hill. So there's a bit of a discovery here, gentlemen, in that this is the smell that we think the residents are experiencing on a regular basis. 
It smells like it to me, but then, of course, my nose hasn't been calibrated. Well, mine hasn't either, but I'm promising you now there is a smell there. It's pretty foul, isn't it? It's almost in your mouth, to be honest, which is what the residents have been telling us. Yes. This is a rotten egg smell. A very much a rotten egg smell, not a cat pee smell. So you're disputing that this is the smell? Yes. And Councillor, you're basically saying it is. Well, it certainly seems to me like the smell that I've experienced elsewhere. Oh, dear. Well, we hit a conundrum. Well, if they can't agree on the smell, it felt it sound like someone's trying to waggle out of their... No, you said a cat we smell. This is an eggy egg smell. No, no, no. You said cat... If you said eggy egg, then it will be... No, it's you said cat we. Sophie Solaria there. Well, I've got a statement from Vauxhall. It's too long, to be honest. I'll read you bits of it. On Monday at Vauxhall's Luton Plant, a site walk took place with Sophie Solaria from BBC Three Counties Radio and Councillor David Franks. No cat pee smell was detected. An unrelated rotten egg odour was observed at the plant's trade effluent plant off Airport Way. This smell was only noticeable within a five-metre radius of a single point I interjected because wind doesn't carry smells, does it? Earlier in the year, two residents who complained about the cat pee smell stated categorically that the rotten egg odour was not the smell they'd been complaining about. Vauxhall! Vauxhall were going to come on the show today. They ain't no more, for some reason. I don't know why. Disappointing. Very disappointing. Um, right, 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call... Here we go. Good morning, my loyal subjects. How are you? We're all standing up and saluting you, although I'm not quite sure what salute that is Catherine Boyle's duty. And uh, we're all doing bows. We're doing oh. bows and curtsies. Lady Catherine should be curtsying, not bowing. She should be curtsying. She should have been here yesterday instead of Christmas shopping. Never mind. Joe is the king of hearts. What can we do for you this morning, sir? Well, first of all, I proclaim it to be the first day of Christmas and I give you permission to play one Christmas song. Fantastic. Oh, your majesty, you're too kind. i tell you what Christmas song we won't be playing. It's this one. We won't be playing that. <laughs> but we will play a Christmas song after the news at 6.30. Fantastic. Well, the, the king has been on his travels recently. Oh, yeah. Uh, the king has noticed when driving past Luton down a certain airport way for the last year and a half that there is yeah. uh, an, an ungodly-like smell. Yes. Ungodly yeah. and cream-like smell, yes. Of, now, is it, cat, is it cat pee or is it rotten eggs? It's neither. Oh. It's, I suppose it, 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 it's sort of got that ammonia, back-of-the-throat, urine cat pee smell. Yeah. It's, it's 100%. It's not eggs, on a serious note, Ian. And oh. Just, just for a minute. All right, All right, let's, let's, get, let's get serious. Let's get serious. Let's get, let's get serious. Let's just chew the fat and let's hear your beef. It's, it's, it's that sort of rank smell. It's, it's not like a. He said rank. Smell. He said rank. Rank. Yeah. It's not a. It's not a rotten egg smell, but it also smells like sort of mouldy, uh, um, melted metal, and it's horrible. I've dri- I drive past it every single day, and I've literally I have to put do the window up. And I, because it, it gets to the back of your throat, and you think you're going to gag. It's horrible, and it's only when you go past oh. Vauxhall. But it's not an environmental eggy smell. I don't care what anyone. I know. So you've thrown, so you've thrown a third stink into the stinky pot. We've got the cat wee. We've got the eggy smell. And what's what's yours? It's like it's like when you when you machine metal. It's got that oh. sort of smell. That with, with a rotten. They, they, I think they do. I think they do machine metal in Vauxhall. 
you've got, you've got to drive past. You've got to drive past it um, okay. to actually experience it. But don't forget, everyone's sense of smell is slightly different. So what you smell isn't going to be exactly what I smell. And how, how do I know that when I see blue, you see blue? Uh, don't open up that, that can of worms, Ian. Let's close that blue <laughs> can of worms. Uh, Your Majesty, always a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Christmas song coming up after 6.30. You're welcome. There you go, you see. It's the first day of Christmas, as declared by the King of Hearts. If any of the other kings and queens and ambassadors want to take part, 08459 455 555. We still need a king or queen for um, for bucks, don't we, I think? Yes, we do. If, you, if, that, if that position tickles your fancy, then give us a call. Right, 6.29, BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news with Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Still looking fairly good out there at the moment. The M40 is clear through the narrow lanes and speed restriction where it's down to 50 around Junction 7 for Tame. On the M25, looking fine through the roadworks between 23 for South Mims and 25 for Enfield. That's where the lanes are narrowed again and speed is down to 50. In Wormley, the High Street has temporary traffic lights around Cosins Lane East. This is Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Jane Killick. The former head of the Luton-based Barnfield Federation has resigned from his role as chief executive of an international education company. Sir Peter Burkett is leaving GEMS because he says the government investigation into the Barnfield Federation could prove a distraction. Plans to sell a Royal British Legion club in St Albans has angered residents and club members. Mitchell Hall has been a club for more than 80 years. Subsidies for onshore wind farms and solar power will be cut in order to provide more support for offshore wind power. The weather, light rain this morning, sunny this afternoon with a high of 9 Celsius. On to sport and in football, Watford picked up a point on their travels in the championship last night. The Hornets drew 0-0 at Burnley. Manager Gianfranco Zola was happy with his side's response to their poor display on Saturday. We played a game with a lot of passion, a lot of desire, a lot of uh, heart. No, Something that uh, somebody in the last few days uh, has criticised and has doubted about this team. Everything was in place today and, uh, and uh, you know, the rest will come. The, we have uh, quality in the, in the bag. It will come out. Luton Town are through to the second round of the FA Trophy. The Hatters beat Staines 2-0 last night with goals from Andy Parry and Sean Wally. Luton coach Harkran Heritin was pleased with the performance. Yeah, we did a great job uh, against a very good team. If you look at the first half performance, I think their goalkeeper made four or five great saves, uh, kept them in the game. We didn't really play the tempo that we usually play. We addressed that at half-time and we, we, we raised our game. We played a lot higher up the pitch and we got our reserve, you know, the result that we deserved. Crystal Palace beat West Ham 1-0 at Selhurst Park last night to move off the bottom of the Premier League. Wickham Wanderers play tonight in League Two. The Chairboys are away to Portsmouth. The original fixture was abandoned at half-time due to a waterlogged pitch. In cricket, Australia have named an unchanged side for the second Ashes Test, which starts tonight in Adelaide. Captain Michael Clarke will play after recovering from an ankle injury. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at seven. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Yes. Sick notes back. Welcome. Hello. Are you referring to me? You sound you sound perfectly well. Oh, really? I think I sound slightly manly. Not in a bad way. 
Did you get all your Christmas shopping done yesterday? My I, Christmas shopping's been done for ages. I mean, did you? And recover? I resent that uh, that slur. You're slurring. It's all that cough <laughs> medicine. That cough medicine. <laughs> Yay! Uh, now, uh, oh, good morning, Sue. Sue. Sue's oh. breathing. Sue. Dennis. Uh, <laughs> it's it Dennis. It says Sue on my screen. Oh, does it, boss? Is that who's this? Dennis, Bluton. Oh, Dennis, oh, I do apologise. Um, the, the Kelly Betts, for goodness sake, sort it out, will you, please? <gasps> I thought yeah. it'd be really funny if you said, hi, Sue, and you went, hello. We can't use fake names. We can't not allow to use oh, fake names. Remember, sorry. we're not allowed to use fake names on the BBC. No, no, Greater no, men than me have lost their jobs because of that. So, John, yeah. how are you? Oh, thank you. Thank you, Catherine. So, who I'm, is, I'm confused. Who is this? Dennis Luton. Dennis Luton. And yeah. you live in Luton as well? Yeah. He's like yeah. Joey Essex. Yeah. Uh, Dennis, what can we do for you? Because we're, we're about right. to play a Christmas song. Right, just number, very briefly. Okay, the thing is, we're about to play a Christmas song. Yeah, uh, um, Marianne Faithful. Yeah, very, we're, we're, about very... to, we're about to play a Christmas song. Oh, no, well, let can, him... you, can you play it now, and then I'll come back on later? Beautiful. It sounds like a great <laughs> idea. We're going to play a Christmas song because it is the first day of Christmas, according to uh, uh, the King of Hearts. This is what we've got. Oh, this sounds good. This is good. Festive. Sounds drunken. It's like a proper umpa umpa festive knees oh. up. Here we go. Oh! Who's got a beard that's long and white? Santa's got a beard that's long Whoa. and white. Who comes round on special night? Santa comes round on special night. Th- special night, beard that's white. Must be Santa. What, what the flipping heck is this? This is hilarious. Who's this? What pantomime is it from? It sounds like Bob Dylan. It is Bob Dylan. What? Who's he singing about? No idea at all. We're not playing that. Is Bob Dylan Jewish? Yes, he is. But didn't didn't stop Neil Diamond recording a couple of Christmas albums. Fair enough. Uh, Have you lined up a decent Christmas song now? What else have you got? Let's have a listen to this one. Hang on. Oh, no, this is nice. This is nice, isn't it, Dennis? He's gone. Oh. He hung up. Why? Here we go, here we go. It came in the way that the good things come with the light shining in his eyes. Oh, what? And most catchy. people thought it was another it? little babe that wrinkled up his face and cried. And then one wise man, two wise men. Is this Donovan? Is it Jake Bug? No. That sounds like the sort of stuff my daughter makes up. <sighs> Flip it, let's try this one. Here we go, this is proper. It's got sleigh bells in it. Oh, yeah. This is a proper Christmas tune. Who Love is it? it. Big up, no. <laughs> what? This is great. What are you laughing at? They have Christmas in Manchester. Do they? Mm. Year after year, life was in by. No, that's rubbish. No, All right, it. let's try this one. Let's try this one. Here we go. Romance. What is this one? Slayer bells. Oh. oh, bubbles. Yeah. Should we go for this one? Always glistening. A beautiful sight. I like a bit of bubbles. We'll have, we'll have bubbles. We'll have bubbles. Hang on. Hang on a minute, Rod Stewart's in it! No! He snuck in there! Bubbles is doing the session and Rod Stewart sneaks in and uh, lays down his vocals. No, listen, what we're going to do... Do you want another Bubbles? No, 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 no. I've had enough of Bubbles. We're going to have a proper Christmas song. This is Christmas. Churchill comes over here to say we're doing splendidly But it's very cold out here in the snow Marching to and from the enemy Oh, I say it's tough, I have had enough Can you stop the cavalry?
fight almost every night down throughout these centuries. That is when I say, oh yes, yet again, can you stop the cavalry? Mary Bradley waits at home in the nuclear fallout zone. Wish I could be dancing now in the arms of the girl I love. Wish I was at home for Christmas. Bang, that's another bomb on another town. Wilders are and Jim FT. If I get home, lift up, tell the tale. I'll run for all presidencies. If I get elected, I'll stop. In two minutes, 54 perfect seconds of wonderful 80s pop. I love a bit of Jonah Louis. With a little bit of a political message squeezed in A little bit of a political message, but not too overt that the kids will object to it. It's not your dance around. Can I say this? Can I say what my favourite Christmas song is? Am I allowed to say this? Is it a really rude one? Well... (sighs) Has it got a strong sexual swear word in the title? No. Say it then. Another Rock and Roll Christmas by Gary Glitter. I know, I know. It's one of my favourite Christmas songs. And it's on a lot of those Christmas compilations. And when it pops up at Christmas party, everyone's dancing around because it's a cracking record. And about 30 seconds into it, everyone realises... Who it is. Exactly. And it's that awkward... uh, do, um, uh, Do we carry on... It's strange, isn't it? Do we do we stop listening to another rock and roll Christmas because of his heinous, heinous crimes? Does it spoil it for you? Yeah, it does, doesn't it? When you realise who it is, does it? Oh. Ever so slight, ever so slightly, but I still think it's a cracking record. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Not suggesting for one second we play it here, but do you have that awkward kind of moment when uh, another rock and roll Christmas by Gary Glitter pops up on the Christmas uh, compilation CD? Sue, do you have that awkward moment? Sue? Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Dennis, Dave, Dennis, yeah, sorry. It's yeah, the, Dennis, my, my, yes, Dennis, Dennis Luton. Dennis Luton in Luton. Do you have that awkward moment when another rock and roll Christmas pops up? I do, yes, yeah. Do you carry on dancing to it, though? Well, I've seen that one. It's lovely, wasn't it? Yeah, but back to the question. Well, well yeah, but... But all, the, all these records, you keep on getting played every every year and year. Yes. And there's only these Christmas records, and they get a bit boring after a little while. Well, after Christmas, yes. Anyway, yeah, back, well, back, before to, Christmas. back to the question. Right, number one. No, the uh, question that I asked you. Well, if we repeat it again. 
Oh. Shall I ask him? Please do. You know Gary Glitter? Yes. Do you still listen to his record? Yes. Thanks. What do you want I to say? But I don't take anything regarding Gary Glitter. I know he's, he's a dirty sex pervert type of man, but the situation is I like his singing. Hello? So what did you want to say today, Sue? Dennis? Right. No, number one, thanks for playing Marianne Faithfull's record. That's brilliant because I know I knew Marianne Faithfull. My wife used to work with her auntie. Did you really? Right. Yeah. What was, she, what was Marianne like? Very, 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 very nice. Oh, that's very, oh, excellent. She was, before she met um, the Rolling Stone man. Not the but, dirty sex pervert type of man, but the Rolling Stone man. The Rolling Stone man. What's his name? Mick Jagger. That's the fella. Yeah. Yeah. But it's coming to serious. Years ago, I worked up a little lane called Spittles Lane at the air, at the airport. Hello. Yes, Dennis. Oh, yeah. And right on the top there used to be a cesspit where all the tankers used to come in and drop all this waste from the roads, from the sewerage. And this smell used to go down. The water used to go down this cesspit. And the stink used to be horrific. And a man said to me one day, one of the drivers, he says, there's going to be a hell of a stink here later on in years from this cesspit. And that is the smell that's coming from Vauxhall Motors. Hello? Hello? So what was this smell again? It was one of the tanker drivers. He said tanker. Uh, Hello? Oh, God almighty. Uh, am I talking? Dennis of Dunstable, can you come on the radio, please? So, Catherine, we're looking at the newspapers this yeah. morning. What have you found? Well, there's some interesting bits here. You know, yep. we're having a, a sort of financial crisis, and a lot of people are really concerned about how they're going to pay their energy bills. Yep, yep, yep. Families should be encouraged by the government to use electric blankets, what? bed socks, and hot water bottles to cut fuel bills. That's Hang according on. to a leading conservator. The bed socks, yes. The hot water bottles, sure, why not? The, ele- the Alecky blankie? Baroness Rawlings told the House of Lords that the electric blankets are the answer to many of the government's aims on cutting energy costs. Lady Rawlings mm. confirmed that she used electric blankets in a 13-bedroom, £7 million oh. Norfolk country house to reduce her heating Because she knows what it's like to live in fuel poverty and face the risk of, of possibly dying and having to choose between heating and food, doesn't she? Her advice came during a debate on the government's reforms of green levies to reduce household energy bills. Thanks for that. But don't you have to, um plug them in. I do I do love the electric blanket. I do. I quite fancy one, but I don't think I'd be allowed one. Why? Well, you know, you have to share a bed. Yeah. And the person I share a bed with, let's just call him my husband, mm. uh, is one of these that likes to not have blankets on. No. No, 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 no. You've got, no. You get the blanket that we've got. It's got two separate halves. What? So you can have one half, you can have, a, you can control the temperatures for e- each half or not have one half on at all. He doesn't even need to know that you've got an electric blanket. If I've got the lead coming out my side, yeah. he would never know. Exactly. Him. Sweet as. You see? Okay. Is it expensive? I've got literally no idea. I'm throwing caution to the wind. The electric blanket's on now, warming up the bed for me for when I get home tonight. Good grief. I don't care. I don't care. Caution to the wind. You only live once. It doesn't it feel a bit like someone's already been in it, though? Um, Isn't that a bit disconcerting? Well, no, because we make the bed. I say we make the bed. I, of course, would never make a bed. I can't think of anything more pointless. My wife makes the bed, so it's fresh. Yeah, but it's warm, though. Yeah. Just on one side. That's the point of it. It's an electric blanket. I know, but it's a bit like having a heated toilet seat. It's a bit... Ooh, we were looking at our photos. We went to Japan a few years ago, and we were looking at our photos, and then we took a picture, I'd remembered, 
by looking at it, of a Japanese toilet. And my boy's going, why have you got that Japanese... I said, look at those buttons. I've used one of those. Oh, heated toilet seats. There's a, there's a noise. There's a button. If for, Only in ladies' toilets. If you're embarrassed about the... <laughs> if you're embarrassed about the noise, <laughs> there's a button you can press that makes the noise of the flush, oh. but it doesn't flush. It's just to drown out the noise of the plops. <laughs> Huh? They think of everything, don't they? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 is slow southbound between Junction 10 for Luton Airport and 9 for Redbourne. The M25 anti-clockwise looking heavy at Junction 17 for Maple Cross. Also slow between Junction 21 for the M1 and 22 uh, Kings Langley. Brickett Wood, heavy at the M25, Junction 21A roundabout. In Palmer's Green, the North Circular heading west, there's been an accident at Palmerston Road. Queues back to Great Cambridge interchange there. Public transport has no reported problems. This is Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. More from Alice before seven. Right now it's 6.46. It's Wednesday, the 4th of December. It's officially the first day of Christmas. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. An investigation into the Luton-based Barnfield Federation has led its former boss, Sir Peter Burkett, to resign from his new job at an education company. A walk around Vauxhall's factory in Luton has failed to find an odour which has been plaguing residents. In football, Luton are through to the second round of the FA Trophy after beating Staines 2-0. 08459 555. Do you get that awkward feeling when you're having a little boogie at a Christmas party and... Well, one of the greatest Christmas songs of all time, Rock and Roll Christmas by Gary Glitter, pops up. And do you use an electric blanket? We'll find out all that and more after we've got the weather from Wendy Hurrell. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, good morning. It's another cloudy start to the day and through the morning we're also expecting to see one or two outbreaks of light rain going through. That's all coming from a weakening cold front. But once it's cleared through, we'll start to see some hints of brightness from the northwest and this, the afternoon actually is looking lovely and sunny. Temperatures today will get to about 7 degrees in a spot like Bedford and then as we go through the evening and overnight, the skies will stay clear of course. Now at first there may be one or two mist or fog patches out in the countryside but the breeze will pick up as we go through the night and that will sweep all of those away. It is going to be a chilly one though. Urban areas expect one or two degrees Celsius. Some spots across, across the countryside though are going to be colder than that so falling just below freezing and in sheltered spots there will as a result be a touch of frost forming. So, chilly start to the day tomorrow, some hazy brightness, but it will gradually cloud over as we go through the afternoon. And I think uh, sort of mid-afternoon onwards, we'll start to see um, one or two outbreaks of rain going through as well. That's another cold front, and it really will bring in some cold air behind it. The other thing about tomorrow is it's going to be really quite a blustery day, gusty winds at times. So by the end of Thursday, that rain will have gone through. One or two showers dotted around, could have a bit of sleet in them, in fact, even. And for Friday, we'll certainly notice a difference in the temperature. Yes, there'll be Loads of sunshine, really beautiful, crisp conditions, but temperatures might not get much further than three degrees Celsius. That's your weather for now. Thank you very much. Now, you may be listening and watching us, but we are listening and watching you. Ever since the dawn of stamps, people have been beseeching hard-working postal staff to... Look and see if there's a letter in your bag for me. On and on and on they go. But not anymore. 
because now, instead of having your TV licence delivered by post, you can get it sent to you by email. Just check your inbox. You can sign up at tvlicensing.co.uk. Dunstable. Sue? Dennis, sorry, Dennis. Listen, what's this Sue business? I've got literally no idea what you're talking about. No, I've, I've no, I, I quite agree, you have no idea what Thank you're you. talking about. What can I do for you, miss? Sir? Well, you were talking about this education business. I live right opposite one of these institutions. Oh, yes. And it seems all the time that my children have been educated, the education people are changing the system all the time. Yes. Well, that's evolution, isn't it? That's what we want. We want change. Yeah, we want to improve see, things, make things better. My, my youngest one was very young. We were in school up in Hightown. And he came home and he said they were teaching him mathematics by the stick method. So I thought, God, he's getting a damn good beating, is he? But no, yeah. it was some silly business of putting two little bits of wood together to yeah. teach him math. That's called adding up, yeah. Is it? Is yes. it not? 
the but, shock to find out that people in Shanghai about 50 times better than our kids. It's well, the teachers that need to be taught. You say 50 times better, but have but you, how have you calculated that? They, sh- they show some children, they show some children on the telly last night, where they gave them some uh, in- information from, say, yeah. one of our old 11 pluses. They did it in seconds. It, they, they laughed at mm-hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Now, everybody's having to tighten their belts at the moment, and charities are no exception, but the Royal British Legion's plans to sell one of its buildings is causing concern in St Albans. The Royal British Legion is putting Mitchell Hall on the market in a move opposed by residents and the Legion's local branch manager, Don Dell. Well, Don joins me now. Good morning, Don. Good morning. Tell me about this building, why it's so significant to you. Well, it's many reasons, actually. Um, a bit selfish and also um, from the point of view of St Albans itself. Oh, okay. the, bu- the building has been with us since 1921. Uh, we've been in it, uh, not myself personally, but the uh, branch has been in it since 1921, which makes that 92 years. And uh, we are involved with the community of St Albans. Um, that is our job, and that's what we're there for, welfare, poppy work parades, everything to do with that, and, and that's what we've been doing all these years. The Royal British Legion say that, that it, it, it isn't generating enough money. Well, it depends what they're calling not generating enough money. Um, we've been trying to get a meeting with um, the Legion for some time. We've had a meeting way back with one guy who then left after a few months, kept pestering us, kept even coming in and listening hut while I was doing poppy work. Uh, saying he got a meeting with us, well, you know, which he didn't. Um, he just came off the cuff. And um, then we had another chap come on his own again. We'd never had an actual meeting with any of the, uh, the bodies, uh, departments or anything with the British Legion. Um, and they're stating that we've, uh, well, we says it's in, the, um, in their comment, it says that uh, we are not... Um, as you say, collecting enough money or the um, administration is too much of a burden for us. So are your uh, outgoings more than your incomings? No, our incomings now, in fact, our incomings are better than what they were when we had the social club. Oh. Uh, when we had the social club, um, which uh, to people, uh, um, when we say it's a Royal British Legion club, um, that's why I say it's social, because it is a business or was a business, and the branch is welfare, it's a charity. And that's where the, the difference is between the two. Uh, to me, it was sadly broken up because, to me, the club was a part of the Legion because when we came back from war, uh, although they got everybody together one way and another with suits and everything else, got them back to work, they didn't have anywhere to meet and drink and talk. And that was why the social club came about, and it was sadly split up like that. So, to me, it was a shame. But, however, the club was not bringing in the 4000 that it was needed for rent, and uh, there was no one to look after the club, there was no committee, and it had to close. Now, since then, um, the, the British Legion had then been saying about closing us down, and of course we just sat back, unfortunately, on our laurels for a little while. And then Don, I is there is there the, anything uh, you can do to stop this decision? 
Well, I don't know. Um, we're trying. Um, we're, we're proving that we have got money coming in, far more than what uh, the, the club itself is bringing in. We've got more, uh, far more interest than what we did um, when we had the club. We have got uh, the Verenham um, Road Association and Neighbourhood Watch. If you're, Don, if you're bringing in the money and it, uh, uh, you're covering all the bills, and if you've got people using this facility, why do you think the Royal British Legion want to sell it then? I'm at a loss, to be honest with you. Um, I keep looking back over papers. Um, and I keep looking, and it, and it states quite clearly when it was handed to us uh, from the Reverend uh, Mitchell, that's why it's called the Mitchell Hall, um, it, st- it states there that uh, if the Legion sold the building, then they would have to bring the money back into St Albans itself for the people ah. of St Albans and ex-service and serving personnel and their families. Well, if this is the case, they're not going to get the money anyway back into their coffers as of. Um, but having said that, they're not going to give us somewhere. They keep saying that they, they want to give us something. Oh, yes. But when the chap came down to us a long time ago, he pointed out, well, we could do the poppies in a, in a garage, oh. which I had already sent photos off once I moved the poppies around to show them that that was impossible. Uh, for the amount of poppy work we do, over 900 tins and boxes, um, we then uh, look at it from the other point of view and uh, say, well, where do we go as branch? And he says, well, some branches haven't got uh, built uh, property. They go and meet in a pub. Well, twofold there. One is, I, why should I go into a pub when the only time I go into a pub normally is if it's for a quick drink, for a quick chat, yeah. wedding or a funeral? Don't listen, we have to end it there. We're out of time, but thank you very much for coming on. We'll follow this story uh, uh, closely. That's um, Don Dell, who is the Legion's branch manager. 08459 555555. Fans of the electric blanket, oh, yes, please. Oh, yes, please. And also, you're having a dance at a Christmas party, the greatest... One of the five greatest Christmas songs of all time pops up. Rock and Roll Christmas by Gary Glitter. What do you do? Do you carry on dancing or do you sit it out? 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. M1 southbound, heavy between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and 10 for the Luton Airport. M25 anti-clockwise looking heavy at Junction 17 for Maple Cross. Also slow between 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. In Brickettwood, things are heavy at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. And the A1M looking slow southbound on the sensors through the Stevenage Junctions, that's 8 and 7. Public transport has no reported problems. This is Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. We're having a lovely, fun little sweepstake here at uh, BBC Three Counties Radio. I can't tell you what it's about. It's naughty. Naughty, naughty. Lots coming up in the next hour of the show. If you want to take part, pick up your phones and give us a call. 08459 455 555. Let's get the news and sport now. Here's Jane Killick. and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 
seven o'clock, I'm Jane Killick. The headlines. The former head of the Luton-based Barnfield Federation resigns from his new job. Insurance firms say they'll invest in British infrastructure and Milton Keynes to trial a new parcel collection and delivery service. BBC Three Counties Radio. A government investigation has prompted the founder of the Bedfordshire-based Barnfield Federation to resign from his role at an international company. Sir Peter Burkett stepped down from GEMS Education after three months, citing media attention as a distraction. Paul Scoynes reports. The investigation into Barnfield College and Federation is due to be published this month. The Department for Education is looking into allegations over operational finances and grade massaging. Sir Peter Burkett, who founded Barnfield, is leaving his job as chief executive of GEMS because he says he doesn't want the investigation to become an undue distraction for his colleagues. Subsidies for onshore wind farms and solar power will be cut as part of big changes to support for renewable energy. Instead, there'll be more support for offshore wind power. Sources say solar and onshore wind projects no longer need support, but offshore wind farms still require help to encourage long-term investment. £25 billion of investment in infrastructure projects is being promised by six big insurance firms. The announcement's been made as ministers publish plans for public and private investment in energy, transport and other building projects. The chief executive to the Treasury, Danny Alexander, says they'll create jobs. We're delivering projects in all those spaces and that's vitally important for the future growth of our country. We'll be setting out the next phase of our infrastructure plan today, the next phase of financing it with £25 billion coming in from the insurance sector. Managers at the Vauxhall factory in Luton say they're still investigating the source of a cat pee smell nearby. Residents have been complaining about the smell for years and the Environment Agency has been working with Vauxhall to find the source. During its latest investigation, carried out in conjunction with BBC Three Counties Radio, the company says it detected a rotten egg smell near the trade effluent plant off Airport Way, but no cat pee smell. Plans to sell a Royal British Legion club in St Albans have angered residents and club members. Mitchell Hall has been a club for more than 80 years, but now the headquarters of the Royal British Legion wants to sell it off. Up to 4,000 jobs nationwide could be created by a new parcel collection and delivery service for train passengers being tried out at Milton Keynes Central Station. The company is trying the scheme out at Milton Keynes with the hope of rolling it out to the rest of Britain. Project Director with Network Rail, Peter Loudon, says it's an ideal place for the trial. We have a head office with Network Rail with 3,500 of our own people um, who work there. So in terms of uh, running a pilot and running a pilot on a large-scale basis, it was ideal for us to connect the two up. In football, it was a nil-nil draw for Watford in their championship match with Burnley. Luton Town beat Staines 2-0 to get through to the second round of the FA Trophy. The weather, some light rain this morning, but brightening up with sunshine this afternoon and a high of 7 Celsius. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Very quaint sort of uh, Hertfordshire market town. Very pretty, very old-fashioned, decent sort of nice place. All this week in Hitchin. Lots of people that I knew from my childhood that still live around Hitchin. People are friendly. There's great shops around. It's not a faceless concrete jungle like so many modern towns. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. All this week in Hitchin. BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Man alive, it's the first time in my life I've really wished we still had that chocolate machine on the first floor. Really, seriously. Eyes like well hungry in it. 
Lots coming up on the show between now and nine o'clock, including as the government probe into allegations of grade massaging and bullying at the Barfield Federation continues. Its former boss has stepped down from his current job. Catwee, angry locals, calibrated noses. It has to be a job for Justin D. Lee. And we'll be finding out whether the pensioner threatened with eviction from Milton Keynes Hospital has been given her marching orders. If you want to take part in the show, you can send me a text 81333, start your text 3CR, or you can give me a call 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to uh, give us a call. You can also send me a text, 81333, start your text 3CR. And just very quickly on a side note, without getting too partridge, in one of the newspapers today it's saying we should use electric blankets to solve the energy crisis. I thought you had to plug the electric blanket in. I thought that's how it worked. But, but, I'm a huge fan of them. How could you not live without an electric blanket? If you've got them, 08459 455 555. Let's celebrate the magic of them. Now, back in October, we brought you news of a government investigation into goings-on at the Barnfield Federation, which runs a number of academies and a further education college in Bedfordshire. The interim chief executive, Stephen Hall, told us the allegations of bullying and grade massaging dated back to the previous administration, led by Sir Peter Burkett. Well, last night, Sir Peter announced he's stepping down from his current role of the international teaching group GEMS because the investigation is a distraction. Well, among those following developments with interest in the uh, is the Conservative MP for Mid-Bedfordshire, Nadine Doris. She joins on the line now. Good morning, Nadine. Good morning. Nadine, re- remind us why you raised concerns about Barnfield in the Commons. Um, well, I was very concerned because we had a free school application in my constituency, um, which was um, not altogether as it should have been, and the application was managed by Barnfield. And there were a number of um, areas in that application which caused me uh, huge concern. And so um, we reported that to the Department of Education. And so, um, so it's mine's not to do with the bullying or the grade massaging. Um, I have concerns in other areas where Barnfield is operating, which is in the submitting applications for free schools on behalf of other parents. What was wrong with the application? What 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 uh, caused concern? Um, well, well, basically, the application dramatically and very suddenly fell at the at a very last hurdle. And when we examined this, I mean, basically, the application was refused. Um, Michael Gove very kindly and his um, advisors kind of opened the application for me and told me why it had failed and what had gone wrong and let us have, the parents and myself, have um, some, an extra two weeks to look at the problems. And basically, Barnfield hadn't done their work. They hadn't um, filled in the, um, hadn't done the due process. They hadn't completed the application as it should have been. Um, there were some huge areas where they'd left out. And, and what really concerned me was that this school was a was in a, a school which had been running for a number of years. It was in a very old, beautiful building in a number of acres of prime development land. And I, I almost got the feeling as though this application had been um, allowed to fail. And, you know, I, I can't make accusations. All I've done is given the facts to the department, and that's done. that application is now past the inquiry. Well, the Prime Minister said he'd uh, look at your request. Do you feel confident the Department for Education investigation will cover your concerns properly? Yeah. 
Yes, and um, we've, we've spoken to people in the department. We know that they are very concerned because this actually is a, is a, is a learning curve. Academies and free schools are you know, a very new innovation and they're working brilliantly across the country. What Barnfield will do um, is any errors that have taken place in Barnfield will be a learning exercise for the department to make sure that those issues don't happen again. What do you think of Sir Peter Burkett stepping down? Um, I'm surprised, actually. You know, I, I'm a very, quite a high-profile MP, and therefore, as a result of that, I'm often um, complained about by my political opponents, and that results in, you know, investigations or because they're trying to bring you down. And my absolute instinct when that happens is to, you know, to be there, to cooperate, to fight it, to make sure everything gets out in the open, and to clear your name. And I, I, I'm not sure... Well, what he's actually done is stood down from a new role, because he's finally the investigation um, is hampering him or distracting him. I think that probably indicates to what a good um, examination and investigation the Department of Education are conducting. If it's not enabling him to work in the role that he's at the moment, then it must be pretty intensive. We've got a statement. It probably, it probably points to the fact that the Department of Education are right on his back. The statement from uh, Sir Peter Burkett last night came around about half past five. Over the past several weeks, the Department for Education investigation of the Barnfield Federation has achieved prominence in the press. In order that this issue does not become an undue distraction for my colleagues and the work of the GEMS education. I've decided to resign from my position. GEMS have accepted my resignation. I'm grateful for their continued support. It does seem a rather drastic measure to make, doesn't it? It, it is. And, um, yeah, and prominence in the press. Well, I know Speak County's radio is an amazing radio station, but it's hardly national media, and I haven't seen anything about it in the national media. And so I think that's probably slightly distracting. I'm not sure. That's a bit of a smokescreen. I'm not sure what that means. It hasn't received prominence in the press. But I think, you know, I think what it's showing is that the Department of Education is probably on his back. It's probably a, a very intensive investigation. Um, it probably is distracting, but because he probably can't do his job, job because he's under so much examination over what happened at Barnfield. So I, th- I, think, I, think, there's, I think there are things you can read into that statement. It's certainly not due to prominence in the press. The Dean Doris, thank you very much indeed. Uh, Conservative MP for Mid Bedfordshire, the Dean Doris. Paul Scoynes joins me in the studio. Paul, you've been following this uh, story very, very closely. Mm. It was was it a surprise when he stepped down last night? Did it come from nowhere? Well, it certainly. I mean, we weren't expecting it, um, and the, the previous statement from Sir Peter was fairly robust, and he said that uh, you know he'd only learnt of the investigation through the media, and uh, said that when he moved on from Barnfield as the Director General, uh, it was reported to him that the interim results were the highest ever healthy financial reserves and that the uh, sort of staffing reshaping of the college would put it in a uh, solid position moving forward so you know at the time he was saying well this is my final statement on the matter you won't be hearing anything from me mm. you know from the, the from now on and um and it was a surprise i think that that people you know heard this news last night and, and i think you know as, as nadine doris has said it, it is a, you know an unusual step to to take in the midst of an investigation because yes. of course we don't know what this investigation is going to come back with and the results from that investigation are due soon aren't they? imminently i mean you know it was supposed to be four to six weeks the length of this investigation whether or not this investigation will be published before cod uh, before christmas sorry is is unknown i mean it should be coming back any moment now um uh, we know that uh, i mean despite what nadine joyce has said it has achieved a certain degree of national coverage it's i mean okay it's got into the guardian education pages not national you know by the it's not know, been front page it's news, not front page it? news on the sun but you know within education circles it certainly is well known mm. and indeed you know it 
it is on the radar of the Prime Minister, it's on the radar of the Secretary of State, Michael Gove. Um, local MPs have been talking about it. The Shadow uh, uh, Education Secretary, Tristram Hunt, on a visit to Bedford, spoke to me about it. I asked him a question about it. Maybe we'll play that a bit later. But, the um, y- you know, it is on people's uh, lips. And I think maybe because of that, Sir Peter Burkett has obviously felt that that is, you know, something which is beginning to interfere with his current role. Certainly we will l- wait with interest what this report is going to say. Uh, and the, the, the accusations that the uh, um, investigation is looking into specifically are different from the concerns that the Dean Doris has raised. They are they are bullying and grade massaging, aren't they? Well, well predominantly, it's actually the operational finances right. of the Barnfield uh, Federation and the college. Okay. Um, it's subsequently come to light uh, through sort of our own investigations here at BBC Three Counties that uh, uh, there is sort of a, a, an inquiry about allegations of grade massaging, which the college and the federation deny, uh, and subsequently we've also uh, found that staff have uh, complained about being bullied as well, which again the, the federation deny, but we know that the members of staff have spoken to the DFE about that, so whether or not that forms part of the scope of the investigation or part of the, mm. the results of this investigation, we're not sure, but we know that that has been part of the you know discussions between staff former staff uh, and the uh, and the DFE so um you know, we, we, we just don't know. But yes, absolutely. Operation finances, we believe specifically relating to the college. Um, however, you know, w- w- what this comes back with, we know that the DfE have come to Bedfordshire and have spent several days here taking interviews from staff and former staff. So that that in itself is, is fairly revealing insofar that they're taking this very seriously. But that as much as, you know, the DfE, the Department for Education have said, is all we know. They've yeah. said, we're investigating allegations and we're taking them very seriously. It's been very, very dry and it's actually only f- from you know talking to insiders at the federation insiders at you know other education departments that we know a little bit more about what's happening you've done a film to report for this for television when's that going out it's due on sunday on the sunday politics on bbc one on sunday morning um, and uh, we'll have more about that later in the week paul thank you very much uh, indeed oh eight four five nine four double five five double five we put out this request before and we did actually get some quite interesting replies if you have worked or do work uh, for balm field in any capacity and uh, you'd like to get in touch uh, or, or maybe one of your kids goes to one of the the the, uh, the schools that uh, is being brought up here you can send me an email ian.lee iain.lwe at bbc.co.uk um and uh, you know we'll uh, we'll keep it you were saying that it's some worth of the saying ian as well we've, we've treated everybody in in, in complete confidence yes and you were saying that some of the, the whistleblowers uh, who had tried to go to the Department for Education had struggled to get their points heard. So maybe they'd want to come here and, and, and let us know. So yeah. the story is known. We've, we, they, they, they've been found it impossible to get through to people who are working on this investigation. It's only because of our work with you know the uh, investigation and also badgering the press office, badgering the DfE that they've actually mm. been able to get through. Paul, thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555, the email for that. Or anything is ian.lee, I-A-I-N dot L-double-E at bbc.co.uk. Quarter past seven, BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
the M1 southbound looking slow between Junction 10 for Luton Airport now and 7 for Hemel Hempstead. The N25 anti-clockwise still struggling at 17 for Maple Cross. Looking slow also between 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. On the A1M southbound, things are moving slowly through the Stevenage junctions at 8 and 7. And in Roxton, the A1 southbound looking slow at the Black Cat roundabout. Also looking um, at some problems on the speed centres on the A5 southbound past Dunstable and Mark you moving quite slowly. Public transport has no reported problems. This is Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. Right, 7.16, it's Wednesday the 4th of December. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Sir Peter Burkett has resigned from his new job as the Department of Education investigates the Barnfield Federation in Bedfordshire, where he used to be in charge. A walk around Vauxhall's factory in Luton has failed to find an odour which has been plaguing residents. In football, nil-nil draw for Watford at Burnley last night. The weather today, light rain this morning, but sunny this afternoon with a high of Celsius. Don't worry, if you've missed in this morning, he'll be with us soon. JD coming up next. BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC Three Counties Radio's Big Tour. Coming to towns and villages across beds, hearts and bucks as we bring you the three counties like never before. It's a huge trip celebrating all that's amazing about where we live. I think it's a fabulous old town. It's got heart, it's got character. All this week in Hitchin. It's just the quaintness of the town. I just think it's a really bespoke town. If you've got a story everyone should know about, let us tell everybody about it. Send us an email to 3cr at bbc.co.uk. It's got a wonderful, youthful vibe. I think the people are really, really pleasant. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. All this week in Hitchin. It's lovely. I wouldn't like to live anywhere else. Local and vocal. BBC Three Counties Radio. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. That's what I'm talking about. BBC Three Counties Radio. Don't forget, there's a weekly podcast of the show, Best Of. If you want to know, can you milk a cat? Well, go to iTunes and find out. Type in Ian Lee, BBC, it pops up. Or you can go to the BBC uh, Three Counties website and click on podcasts. Last week's, I've got to say, last week's is, is probably one of the top 50 podcasts I've ever been involved in personally. So that's, that's got to be worth having a listen to, hasn't it? And uh, as uh, I always say, if you do have any stories or any bits of news, bits and pieces that you'd like us to, uh, to have a look, in, you look at, you can send us an email, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. Very quickly, the front page of The Sun. You know, we, did, we talked yesterday about Tom Daly um, coming out as bisexual. I think I know why he's come out. I think I know why he's made that YouTube announcement. Have you seen the front page of The Sun? Olympics hero exclusive. Tom's love is Oscar-winning gay activist and 20 years older. The Sun sounds vaguely disgusted by both of those things. A gay activist, 20 years older? Tom Daly's boyfriend is an Oscar-winning gay activist, 20 years his senior. Olympic diver Tom, 19, is in a serious relationship with a Hollywood screenwriter, Dustin Lance Black. A friend said he's besotted with Dustin. Full story, page six and seven. We turn to page six and seven. I can't see any quotes from uh, Tom Daly uh, himself, which would imply he's not given this story the thumbs up, which would imply, and again, this is implication, that the son were going to out him as being gay. That's why he took uh, the bull by the horns, so to speak. Yes. See, it, that, that's kind of the implication. If, if he'd have given, if, if this story had his blessing, he would have spoken to them, wouldn't he, Catherine? You would think. I can imagine it's one of those stories, and this happens 
Trust me, this happens. Where a newspaper editor phones up um, and says, right, either phones the person directly or their agent says, right, we've got a story about Tom Daly. We know he's gay. We've got pictures of him with this bloke from Hollywood. Does he want to talk to us or not? Now We're we going to run it anyway. We're going to run it anyway. We can be nice or nasty around this. How do you want to handle it? And if that is the case, and again, I'm, I'm kind of guessing here, but from you know experience of friends... If that is the case, then well done him for, for uh, seizing the initiative and taking control of the situation. Shame on the sun for thinking we still live in 1989, where people are shocked by that kind of behaviour. Kelly Betts, you're looking um, pensive. I'm just hungry. OK, fine. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the phone number. Last month, we heard that Vauxhall Motors were sending out specially trained noses, calibrated noses, to keep tabs on a catwe smell that appears to stem from their plant in Luton. The smell has plagued, plagued residents for years, and fingers are being firmly pointed at Vauxhall. Even the Environment Agency is pretty convinced. But the car manufacturer says, whoa, hey, there's no proof. And the smell our reporter smelt while out walking the perimeter with them wasn't the smell people were complaining about. It wasn't cat it was eggy. You see? Difference. Well, Justin Dealey is usually the source of odd smells around here at the BBC Three Counties studios. So we've sent him off to investigate. Good morning, Justin. Mm, thanks, Philip. Oscar, good morning. You, very, you well? Yeah, I'm very, very well. How are you doing? Yes, yes, very well indeed. Thank now, you. Now, listen, this is a story that won't go away. Every mm. year, people contact us about this stinky smell. Just remind us what people have said while I eat a pear. <laughs> oh, Ian, it's horrendous. I mean, even being down here this morning, people seeing the branded radio car coming up to me, talking to me about it. Uh, they're describing it as Catwee. Vauxhall have spent 110 thousand pounds on this they have three members of staff with calibrated noses trying to sort this problem out but uh, here's what locals have said to me about how bad this smell is lucy you say that you're obsessed by this smell just how bad is it around here it's really bad um i, I couldn't i wouldn't be able to live down there for absolutely sure but it just is, smells like cat wee so 10 out of 10 for for badness 10 for sure really yeah well, here's somebody else who's noticed this bad smell. How would you describe this smell? It smells like cat's pee. That's what it smells like. I've got two cats, I know. <laughs> it's a rank, musty... Cat wee smell? No, stronger than that. Really it's, stronger? It's really strong. It's, it's gagging. You, you can taste it. It's so foul. Mm. And I think it's wastewater from the plant. Oh, dearie me, it's uh, thoroughly, thoroughly unpleasant. Now, following a report that you did, Justin, Vauxhall invited us to take the odour walk with them. <laughs> yes. I was busy then, unfortunately, but what happened? It's incredible, this. It's, um, it's a four-mile walk which members of Vauxhall take every single day. 29 points on this particular walk. Now, before the walk, our reporter, Sophie Salaria, had to sit down and look at a slideshow. Uh, that took 70 minutes. Now, what happened was they invited Sophie and also local councillor David Franks to take this four mile 29 point walk now they were walking around the Vauxhall plant they faced no problems until they came to point number seven and here's what happened so we're inside now the plant in, yeah, inside the trade effort treatment plants where our uh, water is treated prior to discharge to the sewer oh and I'll tell you what the unfortunate situation is that when we get to point seven you're greeted by a horrific smell of egg and that means that we're going to have to be here for long, longer than 30 seconds, isn't it? It is, yes. We stay here for two minutes. Oh, John, it's vile. Yes, this is a, this is a natural uh, byproduct of the, of the chemicals we use to treat the, uh, the paint that we take out of the water. This so, is the less glamorous part of your job. It certainly is. It certainly is. Councillor, you're saying now that we're at point seven of uh, the Vauxhall 
what we've called the wee wee walk. I don't think that's cat wee though. Well, as I said all along, I don't know what cat's wee smells like, but this smell that we're experiencing now seems very much to me like the smell that I've experienced in outside the residence houses in Lalliford Road and Devon Road and by the fence at the bottom of the hill. So there's a bit of a discovery here, gentlemen, in that this is the smell that we think the residents are experiencing on a regular basis. It smells like it to me, but then, of course, my nose hasn't been calibrated. Well, mine hasn't either, but I'm promising you now there is a smell there. It's pretty foul, isn't it? This is a rotten egg smell, very much a rotten egg smell, not a cat pee smell. So you're disputing that this is the smell? Yes. And Councillor, you're basically saying it is. Well, it it certainly seems to me like the smell that I've experienced elsewhere. Okay, so Sophie Slary and David Franks identified the problem at point Mm. seven. You're very near to point seven, Justin. Take Take a deep sniff. Here we go. Point seven is on Airport Way, yep. by the way. I am sniffing as hard as I can, and Ian, this morning, I'll be completely honest with you, I cannot smell oh. anything. But, to be fair, that smell, of course, was coming from inside the building. But um, as I stand here today, and this often happens, people have, have phoned me before and said, right, get down to Vauxhall now, the smell is here. By the time I've eventually got down there, it's gone. So it comes and goes, but this morning, in. Just being honest, I cannot smell it. Now, we had a phone call about an hour ago from Sue in Luton who said that the smell could possibly be the result of uh, septic tanks Mm. that, uh, not rhyming slang for Americans, but uh, actual septic tanks that were buried in that area. Possibly. I mean, investigations have been going on for, for quite some time. Uh, the Environment Agency have been down here uh, a few times. Vauxhall, of course, has spent £110,000 on this. So uh, people, of course, are still investigating. It could be absolutely anything. But what I can tell you is that, that we receive so many calls every single year about this, particularly at this time of year. The smell for the locals is not going away. A uh, member of staff from Vauxhall won't join us live on the show, which is disappointing. Yes. But they've sent us a, a statement. What does it say? Yes, it says, uh, on Monday at Vauxhall's Luton plant, a site walk took place with Sophie Solaria from BBC Three Counties Radio and Councillor David Franks. No cat pee smell was detected, which, of course, is what locals are saying to us. An unrelated rotten egg odour was observed at the plant off Vauxhall Way, which is where I'm standing right now. The smell was only noticeable within a five metre radius of a single point within the trade plant and does not spread to any residential areas. They go on to say earlier in the year two residents who had complained about the cat pee smell stated categorically that the rotten egg odour was not the smell they had been complaining about. Vauxhall will continue to work with various internal and external agencies, blah 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 to try and find the root of the problem. Here's an interesting thing. I'm guessing the factory isn't open yet. Um, I wouldn't know. So I mean, obviously, the, 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 the main one is, um, but this one is off Airport Way, so people okay. will know the, the, the main Vauxhall plant. I'm just wondering if, it's, I'm wondering if it's too early for the stench to, um, to have emanated from point seven. I mean, in saying that, though, of course, it was only, what, two or three weeks ago that, that I was talking to a local resident, and again, hopefully after eight we'll be talking to that man, that, that I was with him at 6.30 in the yeah, morning, yeah. and I could smell it then, and that, of course, was what prompted Vauxhall to call me and say, look, we've heard this report, uh, we keep on hearing these concerns, we want to be open with you, uh, and that's when they invited us down to obviously look at okay. the slideshow and take the odour walk. 
Justin, can I go off on a slight tangent with you? Yeah. Music. Yes. Is the Doctor makes us feel like we ought to. Uh, but I was wondering, OK, one of the top five, in my opinion, Christmas songs of all time is Rock and Roll Christmas by Gary Glitter. Yeah. And it's on lots of those Christmas compilations. Yeah. Now, when it pops up at a Christmas party, you're having a little boogie, you've just finished dancing to uh, Paul McCartney, um, simply having a wonderful Christmas time, that pops up. What do you do, Justin? Do you do you carry on boogieing because it's a cracking song, or song, or do you have to you go to the bar and have another one? Do you go and sit down? What, what what's the etiquette? I've got two stories on this. Go on. Um, well, presenting the music show on a Saturday, um, I do classic rundowns. Now, if Gary. I'm not even going to mention his name, but um, if he was in that particular rundown, Glitter. yes, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even mention his name. I would just say at number six, let's not even go there and move on. So if that song came on at a Christmas party, yeah. personally, just me, although I think it is a great song, I would go to the CD player and skip it. Wow. That's what I would do. But most Christmas compilations now, the new ones, of course, won't have him on there anyway. So you'd have to have an old Christmas he's thing. On, he's on quite a few, I think. And also, by saying, um, let's not even go there and move on, wasn't there a band called Let's Not Even Go There and didn't they have a hit called Move On? So Possibly. You're rewriting history. And Interesting, Justin. I, I, I appreciate... You one other example? Yeah, go on. You've got, you got 30 at, seconds. At Luton Town, OK, every single year, when I used to do the uh, announcements down there, you put a Christmas CD on for the fans to listen to. Now, of course, Elton John, being a Watford supporter, oh, yes. OK, a bit of a connection there, you know, a bit of a rivalry. Yeah. Um, you put the CD on and sometimes you'd accidentally let it run so Elton John would play and you'd frantically run up to the PA box to turn it off because people would complain about that. Fantastic. Justin, thank you very much indeed. Uh, and he does do a cracking music show, Saturdays, 9 o'clock, always worth a listen. Interesting that, isn't it? Another rock and roll in Christmas, another Christmas rock and roll. If that pops up on the stereo when you're having a bit of a boogie at a Christmas party or in the boozer, what do you do? Do you carry on dancing to it? Singing along? Because it's a great song. Or... Is it just associated with, with too much darkness? Didi can't even mention Mr Glitter's name. 08459 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 anti-clockwise is queuing between Junction 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40. Also queues there between 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley now. Brickettwood still looking heavy on the north orbital at the M25 21A roundabout. The M1 southbound looking slow between 10 for Luton Airport and 7 for Hemel Hempstead. In Aylesbury, the A41 heading east is slow at Oakfield Road. Public transport has no reported problems though. This is Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Jane Killick. The former head of the Luton-based Barnfield Federation has resigned from his role as chief executive of an international education company. Sir Peter Burkett is leaving GEMS because he says the government investigation into the Barnfield Federation could prove a distraction. Plans to sell a Royal British Legion club in St Albans has angered residents and club members. Mitchell Hall has been a club for more than 80 years. Subsidies for onshore wind farms and solar power will be cut in order to provide more support for offshore wind power. The weather, light rain this morning, sunny this afternoon with a high of 7 Celsius. On to sport and in football, Watford picked up a point on their travels in the championship last night. The Hornets drew 0-0 at Burnley. 
Manager Gianfranco Zola was happy with his side's response to their poor display on Saturday. We played a game with a lot of passion, a lot of desire, a lot of uh, heart, no? Something that uh, somebody in the last few days uh, has criticised and has doubted about this team. Everything was in place today and, uh, and uh, you know, the rest will come. The, we have quality in the, in the bag and it will come out. Luton Town are through to the second round of the FA Trophy. The Hatters beat Staines 2-0 last night with goals from Andy Parry and Sean Wally. Luton coach Hakan Hayretin was pleased with the performance. Yeah, we did a great job uh, against a very good team. If you look at the first half performance, I think their goalkeeper made four or five great saves, uh, kept them in the game. We didn't really play the tempo that we usually play. We addressed that at half-time and we, we, we raised our game. We played a lot higher up the pitch and we got our reserve, you know, the result that we deserve. Crystal Palace are off the bottom of the Premier League after beating West Ham 1-0 last night. Wickham Wanderers play tonight in League Two. The chairboys are away to Portsmouth. The original fixture was abandoned at half-time due to a waterlogged pitch. The Australia cricket captain Michael Clarke has declared himself fit to play in the second Ashes Test against England, which starts in Adelaide tonight. Clarke had been struggling with an ankle injury, but will lead an unchanged Australia side from the team which convincingly won the first Test. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at eight. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. The Chair Boys. With the football club. Why can't football clubs just have the name of the football club? High, High Wycombe Wanderers. Is that them? The Chair Boys. Why would you do that? Very silly. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. If you want to give me a call. Uh, don't forget, of course, we, we, we throw out bits and pieces that we want to talk about. But, but... If there's anything you fancy talking about, you can give us a call and and probably get on. We have very low standards here on this show. They have slightly higher standards on JVS. On this, we we let anybody in, really. We had a fair on the other day who wanted to do impressions. All he could do was Alan Fluff Freeman. Yet all he did was just go, not off, but not changing his voice. He did it in his normal voice. So if you want to come on and talk about any of the things that we're, we're talking about, or just, you know, have a chat... You can do it. It's your BBC, according to Tony Hall. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. You can also uh, send me an email, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk, or you can go to the Facebook page if you wanted, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Uh, we've been talking about, uh, well, lots of different things, but Gary Glitter, Gary Glitter, the rock and roll Christmas, it pops up on the Christmas compilation CD. You're at a party. What do you do? Do you listen to it do you dance to it or, or it's just the association too bad it's a good song it's a cracking ra- another rock and roll christmas another christmas rock and roll all dressed up and da, da, da. do i hear sleigh bells in the snow and in st albans and what would you do um uh, well it's never actually happened to me oh. but i can imagine that people would probably fall silent when they realized what it was um, you know, we've had painters and authors and all sorts of people down the centuries who, we, after their death, we've discovered they've committed unspeakable acts. But we still listen to their music and yes. look at their paintings, so perhaps we ought to wait until he's dead. 
Oh, blimey. So we wait until uh, Glitter, nay Gad, is, is passed on, and, and, and then we can listen to his music again? Well, his music will have passed into history, then won't it? Or into ignominy, one or the other. Well, the, the BBC has virtually rewritten history. I don't know if you heard Justin Dealey saying that he won't mention his name and skips it. I know that there is uh, uh, quite often furore when um, shows on Radio 2 are doing summaries of the 70s or glam music, and they miss Glitter out. Should we be rewriting history like that with, with, with Gary Glitter and with Jonathan King when they did play important roles in popular music, didn't they? Well, perhaps we should actually put it into context and say this piece of music was penned by so-and-so and then give a little bit of a resume about what that person did. Uh, to be, just be truthful, just be straight down the line with people, then they can switch off their radios if they don't want to hear it. Uh, OK, thank you very much indeed. Uh, and, oh, you wanted to talk about the, the Legion as well, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Go on. Well, um, I, I was born around the corner from there. Oh, yes, this is the one in St Albans. Yeah, the one in St Albans. And my dad used to keep his truck in their car park for a number of years. Um, I'm very, very fond of the place. I think the demography around the area has changed because, you know, people like my gran and my granddad um, died and they were replaced by younger people. Now everyone's got cars, everybody goes to the big, big British legions at uh, Hemel Hempstead and so on, brilliant club. Um, and I think St Albans has probably almost died the death. Not the movement, but the, the club itself, the clubhouse itself. So do you think we, that they should be... Um they should sell the building and move on. I mean, the, the British Legion, they do a lot of good work. I'm not knocking them the slightest. But it's quite an old-fashioned concept, isn't it? Um, well, I think clubs, are, clubs are generally speaking, sort of are finding it struggling. Uh, and and uh, in St Albans, I mean, there are lots of different clubs, but I can't think of one of them um, that's probably got a decent-sized car park, whereas that one has. It's a wonderful piece of real estate, as the Americans would say. And I think the temptation to actually make money out of it for the Legion is almost irresistible. But it would, I think the, the Legion in St Albans would be the great loser out of it unless they could find alternative premises. Uh, and thank you very much indeed. 08459 555555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Catherine, here's a question. The, the Gary Glitter thing, I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. The Gary Glitter thing, what do you think? If a Gary Glitter rock and roll Christmas comes up on a Christmas party, what do you do? Uh, I think it would kill it for me. Really? Yeah, I think so. What about Jonathan King records? Would, would a Jonathan King oh, record kill Oh, well, I wouldn't dance to that anyway. Really? Mm-hmm. OK, what about this? Oh, really? This is a song that we play all the time. I like this song. He wrote, he wrote the lyrics to this. Did he? I think so, yes. It's an Italian... I think it's an Italian song, and he wrote the English lyrics. Jonathan King wrote the English lyrics to this. Does that change things? Should we not be playing this? I really like this song. You, you, you see, exactly. That's the thing. You really like this song. This is linked to a predatory paedophile, a gentleman who has served prison time for, for such a thing, Jonathan King, and yet we need to get Justin back on, I think, because Justin said he wouldn't mention Gary Glitter's name, wouldn't play one of his records. I wonder how he'd feel about this. Because they're both kind of equally shameless about it, aren't they? Yep, yep. I would say, I would say King is even more shameless. King, I mean, he still the, thinks he's hard done by. He, King is still writing records and producing music and, and, and out there. Whereas at least Glitter has kind of had the, the decency... Thanks, Kelly. Has the decency, in inverted commas, to stop making music. No one would buy it, would they? 
Because yeah, his face is on it. I think the difference is with King that he's yep. not necessarily, and the ones he has got his face on. He'll still be getting anyway. a few pennies every time we play this. Ah, it's tough, isn't it? But the thing is, the record industry through the years has been immoral, hasn't it? So if we're going to start drawing lines, there's a lot of people who'd be stepping over it. There we go. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Do we stop playing Gloria by Laura Branigan? Let's speak to Dealey later on because I want to see what what his thoughts are on this. It's a great song. We play it. All, we play it at least a couple of times a month on this show. Wally plays it. It's all over the session. Do we have to stop playing songs like that? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Jerry Lee Lewis, of course. Yes, married his thirteen-year-old cousin. Strange, isn't it? Strange world. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Quick look at the front pages of the newspapers, shall we? Uh, the war on Twitter. There's a war on Twitter. Wow, and it's not aimed at me this time. After a spate of scandals where careless social media users have threatened fair trials and jeopardised anonymity orders, the Attorney General takes steps to make the online world abide by the law. Yeah, good luck with that. Twitter and Facebook users have been warned about the dangers of prejudicing high-profile uh, high prosecutions in a historic move designed to make contempt of court laws fit for the social media age. Yeah, good luck with that. You need to bang someone up for it before people start taking it seriously. Yeah, fine here and there, but the Daily Telegraph. Almost half of A&E visits are unnecessary, figures show. Almost half of patients who attend accident and emergency departments in the past year only needed advice or did not receive any treatment at all, official figures show. A well, hang on a minute. Just them rece not receiving treatment doesn't necessarily mean they didn't need to go there. Amid fears from senior doctors the NHS could be facing its worst ever winter, new statistics suggest that millions of people are going to casualty units because they do not know where else to turn for basic help. <clears throat> uh, there's a picture of the Duchess of Cornwall on the telephone there. Certainly going to be worth having a look at. The Times. Idle Britons are allowing Romanians to take jobs. Work shy should welcome influx, says uh, Minister says. Romanians and Bulgarians should uh, be welcomed with open arms for doing jobs shunned by British workers who'd rather live off the welfare state. A Romanian government minister has told The Times. 08459 455 555 uh, is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call on that. Britain should be grateful for Romanian migrants who fill vacancies in the agriculture and hospitality sectors that British people refuse to do. That, it, it does, we've talked about this before. It does kind of make sense, doesn't it? These people coming over here from Romania and Poland and all these places we're afraid of, they're doing jobs that, um, that, that, that a lot of you and I wouldn't want to do. Uh, let's have The Guardian and I'll, I'll do a text and maybe a phone call. The Guardian. Uh, MI5 chief summoned to justify leaks claim. Eurostar stake up for grabs in £10 billion sell-off and Jude Law is dressed as an old knight. Uh, Phil, on the text 81333, starting his text 3CR, says, No Gl Gary Glitter songs. It's uh, it's not about the quality of music, it's about the fact we shouldn't be paying his wages by listening to it. Well then, Phil, I'll I, I put the same question to you. Gloria by Laura Branigan, which is a cracking record. As far as I know, and I, I may have got this wrong, but I, as far as my limited research has proven, uh, he wrote, uh, Jonathan King wrote the lyrics for it. So, does that mean we shouldn't be playing that? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us... Uh, a call. Um, the Daily Mail. There's a call coming in. Are we gonna, is that call? Is there not a call coming in? Oh, is it a dodge part? No, what? what? It, oh, oh, we're not taking that call for a, for a reason. Okay, that's fair enough. I don't know the politics of this place. 
you have to take it now. The Daily Mail. Britain's pumped £46 billion a year into gambling machines. Yeah, tell me about it, you suckers. Gamblers wa- uh, wagered a staggering £46 billion on betting terminals last year, nearly 50% up in four years. Dubbed the crack cocaine of the high street, the machines allow punters to lose up to £100 every 20 seconds. They've been linked to the laundering of drugs money and councils are trying to rein them in. I used to like a little bit of a go on the gamblers. I used to enjoy a little bit of the gamblers. My friend used to think he knew the cheats to the gamblers, but there wouldn't be cheats. It's, oh, yeah, if that light flashes, what you need is a bang, bish, bish, oh, what, hey, push this, what, what, there you go, you'll win some money. Oh, no, he didn't win it that time, it didn't work. Why would idiots put money into those machines now? I can't think of anything I'd uh, rather do less with my money than put, put it into a machine that's going to eat it and give me, what, six seconds of pleasure? Really? Uh, oh, this is a great story as well. Sick gratitude. Despite huge waiting lists, this drug addict was given a heart transplant. So how did he repay society? He became a heroin dealer. Full story, page five. Thanks, Daily Mail. Let's have a look. Sick gratitude. This is... Uh, they're outraged. Drug addict got a new life with a heart transplant. Then he turned to pushing heroin. A heroin addict has been condemned by a judge for abusing and dealing in drugs after his life was saved by an NHS heart transplant operation. Derek Gates, 38, was cleared for surgery by doctors even though his heart problems were caused by drug addiction. Well, I, well, I, I think being a drug addict shouldn't, uh, if you're battling those demons and have uh, made some progress, that shouldn't preclude you from having an organ transplant, should it? Of course not. Instead of mending his ways, he responded by stepping up his criminal behaviour. Gates went back on heroin, that's very sad, became a dealer and committed 23 drugs offences in a seven-year period after his transplant. Yesterday, the case provoked outrage as transplant survivors questioned whether the drug addict should have been given his new heart above others on the waiting list. Um, Mr Singh, uh, the recorder, Mr Rakshim Singh, told Gates, quite what an individual who's had a heart transplant doing with these type of drugs defies it. I don't think you can exclude somebody from having an organ transplant just because they have used drugs in the past. Very sad that that gentleman went back on to using heroin, that he found his life so empty that he had to do that. Uh, Daily Express, new tax blow for millions. Hard-working middle-class families won't be given any help. And The Sun. Now, this is this is the reason that Tom Daly posted that video online a couple of days ago, coming out as uh, bisexual. Tom's love is Oscar-winning gay activist, dot, 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 and 20 years older. Ah, Disgusting! Is the tone of voice I'm reading that in my head. I think the son wants me to read it in that tone of voice. No quotes or comments from Tom Daly in this article. There's a, a full story, pages six and seven, which implies that the son might have done a naughty on him and phoned him up a couple of days ago, phoned his agent up and said, look, we, we've got pictures of Tom with a fella in a, a compromising situation. Now we can play this nice or nasty. This story's going out whether he wants it to or not. So it would imply to me that Tom Daly has wrestled control of that situation. If that's the case, then well done him. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. It's BBC Three Counties Radio, quarter to eight. Let's get the travel with Alice. Oh, no, we won't. Let's try it. Oh, hang on a second. Oh, dearie, dearie. Hang on a second. Alice, be with you in a second. Hang on. Don't panic. Don't panic. I don't think anybody's noticed. I'm going to put that there. Are you ready, Alice? I am ready. Here we go. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
The M40 London bound slow between Junction 2 for Beaconsfield and Junction 1A for the M25. M1 southbound slow now only between 11 for Dunstable Road and 10 for Luton Airport, so that's easing off a little bit. M25 anti-clockwise queuing between 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40. Also queues between 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. A5 southbound still looking slow on the speed sensors as you pass Dunstable and Mark Yate. Public transport has no reported problems though. This is Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. Right, 7.47, it's Wednesday the 4th of December. I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. An investigation into the Luton-based Barnfield Federation has led its former boss, Sir Peter Burkett, to resign from his new job at an education company. People in St Albans are angry about plans to sell off their Royal British Legion Hall. And in football, Luton are through to the second round of the FA Trophy after beating Staines 2-0. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. You're at a Christmas party. Gary Glitter's Rock and Roll Christmas comes on the, the jukebox. The jukebox, what an old man. CD player. What do you do? Do you sit it out? Do you go and jump forward to the next track? Or do you have a boogie to what is actually a pretty good song? We'll talk about that and more after the latest weather with Wendy. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, good morning. We're starting with some cloud with a fair amount of dampness. There's a bit of light rain going across the three counties at the moment. And that is a weak cold front. Once it's through, we are expecting some sunshine. It's on the way, people. Mid-afternoon onwards, we'll see some blue sky, I should think. Temperatures will get to about 8 or 9 degrees Celsius at the very top end. And then we've got those clear skies overnight. So at first, across the countryside especially, we may have one or two mist or fog patches developing. But later on in the night, the wind will start to pick up a bit, sweep all of that away. Temperatures though will fall to freezing, perhaps just below in a few spots and that means in sheltered areas there may be a touch of frost forming as well and we'll all wake up to a chilly start to the day tomorrow. There will be some brightness to begin with but gradually through the morning and more especially into the afternoon it will be clouding over once again. It's also going to be a pretty blustery day tomorrow some quite strong winds blowing at times and eventually the three counties will see a spell of rain go through which could have some heavier bursts. It's a short sharp burst of it. Behind that, the winds turn more northerly, and so it will feel much colder into Friday. So Friday, we're looking at highs of three or four degrees Celsius with plenty of sunshine, but it is going to be milder than that tomorrow. We'll be stuck at about eight or nine degrees Celsius, but some sunshine on the way later on today. Thank you very much. Every weekday morning from nine. That's ghastly. It's absolutely disgraceful. Don't talk about morals because he doesn't care about the man in the street. The biggest local talking points. I found out a couple of hours later it was a murder. Over the phone they phoned me up and told me. I don't know why you're pissing on that man. The JDS Show. I feel it's out of place in this country. Let me be really frankly honest with you. Local government and government are doing a good job-ish. I never call in, but I feel so passionate about this topic. The JDS Show. Weekdays from nine, BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, a text here re- involving uh, regarding Gary Glitter and uh, Jonathan King. No to anything involving Jonathan King either. This is Phil, who texted in earlier. I'm an equal opportunities discriminator. Good for you. Well done. If performers lose out as a result of this behaviour, they should sue him for loss of earnings. The thing is, Phil, with, 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 we're talking about Jonathan King. He had his fingers in so many pies, so to speak, 
You'd be hard put. Does that mean we? Hang on. Does that mean we don't play anything by Ten CC, who he discovered and I think he managed for a little while? You see, he, he discovered Genesis. Do we not play Genesis? Well, that that would be a blessing for music lovers. But King's Reach was 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 huge in all senses of the word. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five and on uh, Facebook. You won't play Gary Glitter, but you will keep playing Michael Jackson. Didn't he do the same thing, but got away with it? Shows you what money can do. Well, the thing is, you can't libel the dead, so we're safe there. But, also, uh, it, it was going to prove that my, uh, Michael Jackson didn't do anything. That he didn't do anything. He, 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 he got away with nothing because he didn't do anything. That's what we have to go with. Uh, and Molly says, if it's played, does he still get royalties? How many stars have got away with it? 08459 555. The Royal British Legion's plans to sell off one of its buildings is causing controversy in St Albans. Residents and local members oppose the move and have formed an action group to save Mitchell Hall. Well, it's led by Ed Sutty. Good morning to you, Ed. Good morning, Ed. What's so special about this hall? The hall, it's an amazing building that was... The, the site in the original school building was gifted to St Albans in 1861... Um, which eventually, running through its school years, closed in 1936 and then was passed on to the British Legion. And, and really, what, what's particularly special about it is we've seen over the last decade plus a continued erosion of community facilities and the network that provides from pubs to clubs. Um, and we want to save this one. What, is it, what exactly is it used for at the moment? So it's it's sort of dual purpose at the moment. Um, so it's used by the branch. I think you had Don Dellen earlier today. Um, so it's used for their meetings and for the poppy collection that raises £60,000 every year. Um, but it's also rented out and hired out as a community facility. So it's used for kids' birthday parties, for there's a gaming club that use it, and various other clubs and societies. Are there other places in St Albans that they can go to to, to indulge in these kids' parties and things? Yes, indeed. Of course there are. Um, St Albans is one of these very sort of densely packed uh, communities so there's a lot of pressure on facilities and spaces um there are there are other facilities absolutely um but if you look at the the Verulam ward the corner of the city that this is in there aren't any other alternatives uh, and you've applied haven't you to make it listed for community use only yeah, that, well, what's, what's happened is the government kicked off an initiative about um, making sure community facilities uh, were open to the community to get involved in them. And basically what we've done is we've listed it on the St Albans and District Assets of Community Value Register. Um, so basically that means, and that happened in July, curiously, so before the main story broke a few weeks ago, uh, we took that action. And basically what that means is that should the owner wish to sell it, then there's a six-month period before they can sell it where the community has a, a, a window to respond, to either come up with an option or to come up with an offer itself. Uh, why do you think the Royal British Legion are selling this or want to sell it? Yeah, that's a really tricky one, Ian. Um, I we can't seem to get down to any detail around why that would be the case. Um, I've seen some of the numbers that Don talks about from his branch, and they're actually earning more than they have done, you know, three years ago when the main club was open. So it's a bit, it's a bit of an unknown, really. Uh, Ed, I appreciate your time this morning. Ed Sutty, um, who's uh, opposing uh, the closure, proposed closure of the Royal British Legion's uh, building, Mitchell Hall. 
across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Catwee. George's in St Albans. This catwee smell, does it come from Vauxhall? Doesn't it come from Vauxhall? What's going on? Good morning to you. Good morning to you. Um, yeah, I used to work for a film industry. Oh. And one of the jobs was cleaning trichoethylene and reusing it. Oh, yes. What, what's, tri- what's trichoethylene? That sounds like a fun Trichoethylene chemical. is a, um, a, a stuff that you put in a, a degreasing bath and it, it changes into... Um, a steam sort of thing, a uh, vapour, yes. and cleans metals. Oh, OK, right, I see. Uh, and then, then it runs out, it, it changes back into a liquid, yep. a dirty liquid, you know. Dirty liquid. And then, as I say, my job was to clean this dirty liquid, put it through another bath, and put it back in barrels and use it again. But they weren't satisfied with it going in the barrels. They thought it might still be dirty, so... Um, I had to put it in glass carboys, you know, the the five-gallon glass jars. Yes. And um, you can't put trigoethylene in glass because it then smells like rotten eggs. So I'm wondering whether the... Oh, ah. I'm wondering whether it's being stored in carboys somewhere around the Vauxhall Works. George, what can we do to get rid of that smell? Get rid of the glass. Ah, I see. That would do Put it, it in would barrels. It? What fit? Well, you say you worked in the film industry, George. Did, did you work on on any big films that we'd know? Uh, well, not films. I, I, oh, I oh. worked on pro- making processing machines. Oh, okay. Great big ones. Ah, I see. So you didn't get to work with David Niven or anyone. Pardon? You didn't get to work with David Niven or anybody. No, no, no. That's a shame. All right, George. Thank you very much. If you work with David Niven, oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Call me now. Call me now. now. I'm looking at Jonathan King. He, he's worked, not literally on the internet, he's worked with pretty much everybody. Worked with 10CC, the Bay City Rollers, uh, had his own hits, of course. He discovered uh, uh, and produced uh, Genesis. He ran Decca Records. He ran Decca Records. What, what do you do? I mean, do, do you, do you uh, avoid Decca Records? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. It's an interesting one, isn't it? It's, it's it's a fun game to play. What would you do in those situations? What would I do? Gary Glitter, Rock and Roll Christmas comes on, Christmas party. What would I do? I'd carry on dancing. I think I'd carry on dancing. I mean, his crimes are heinous. He wouldn't be getting any money at a, for a record being played at a Christmas party, and it's a good song. I'm not condoning or endorsing what he's done. By having a little boogie. I'm not going to rush up and turn the music off or, or sit down. Then you've got... If you're with your kids, you then go, Daddy, why, why are we not dancing to this song? Well, because the gentleman that wrote it is very, very naughty. And what he did was... Gary on Facebook. We should, uh, so we should all stop paying for a TV licence for the BBC Two as we don't want to promote uh, pedos, do we? Pedos, I think he means. Do we? No, of course we don't want to uh, promote pedos. I guess he's alluding to uh, some of the recent scandals that the BBC has been through. 08459... Four double five five double five is the telephone number. It's a very simple scenario. You're at a party, Christmas party, and it will happen to you this year. Because a lot of those Christmas CDs have got this song on. Another Rock and Roll Christmas by Gary Glitter pops up on the, uh, 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 on the CD player. On someone's iPod on shuffle. 
What do you do? Do you skip it? Do you make a joke about it? I've seen people make jokes about it before. I know, shocking, isn't it? Or do you just carry on and dance? Do you speak to Justin again later on? Justin Daly, who presents a cracking music show on a, a, a Saturday mornings at nine o'clock, won't even mention Gary Glitter's name on the radio. We'll ask him how he feels about playing Gloria by Laura Branigan, the lyrics to which were written by that other famous pop paedophile, Jonathan King. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the latest travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. M40 London bound, still looking slow between Junction 2 for Beaconsfield and Junction 1A for the M25. Northbound's now struggling a little from the Denham roundabout up to the M25. The M1 southbound, slow between 11 for Dunstable Road and 10 for Luton Airport. The M25 anti-clockwise is now queuing between 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. Um, in Watford, Chalk Hill looking heavy around the bushy arches and public transport has no reported problems. This is Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. There's an email here from Steve about the smell in Luton. He's referring to Sue in Luton, who called up earlier on to say it's about septic tanks. Ian, there may be some truth in this. I used to work with someone who told me uh, that the containers of chemicals were entered directly onto the ground far away from their main buildings. So is that the smell? Let's get the news and sport now. Here's Jane Kelly. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Jane Killick. The headlines, the former head of the Luton-based Barnfield Federation resigns from his new job. Insurance firms say they'll invest in British infrastructure and disagreement over the smell coming out of Vauxhall in Luton. BBC Three Counties Radio. A government investigation has prompted the founder of the Bedfordshire-based Barnfield Federation to resign from his role at an international company. Sir Peter Burkett stepped down from GEMS Education, education as investigators look at allegations involving finances and massaging of grades. The Conservative MP for Mid-Bedfordshire, Nadine Dorries, who raised concerns about Barnfield Federation in the Commons, is surprised at Sir Peter's actions. What he's actually done is stood down from a new role because he's finding the investigation um, is hampering him or distracting him. I think that probably indicates to what a good um, examination and investigation the Department of Education are conducting. CCTV cameras have now been installed in all of the railway stations covered by First Capital Connect. The company, which runs trains from Bedford and Peterborough into London, says the last cameras have now been installed at Hartford North and Royston. It means all stations can be monitored from its security centre in Edmonton. Six insurance firms have agreed to invest £25 billion on infrastructure. It will be spent on projects such as housing, power stations and transport links across Britain over the next five years. Jeremy Blackburn from the Royal Institution of Chartered Surveyors says the government should prioritise projects to bring growth to areas outside London. What we're talking about here are those potentially smaller regional projects in terms of infrastructure, primarily transport that would help the English regions and indeed the rest of the UK uh, in terms of attracting investment for commercial and industrial property. Meanwhile, government studies for wind farms on land are to be cut, while those built at sea will get more support. Solar power will also lose out as part of changes to public funding for renewable energy. Hertfordshire-based supermarket chain Tesco has seen a decline in its underlying third-quarter sales in the UK. It's blaming a weaker market for groceries for the figures which are down by 1.5%. 
A walk to track down the source of a cat pee smell around the Vauxhall factory in Luton has failed to find the offending odour. Vauxhall and the Environment Agency are continuing to investigate an unpleasant smell which residents have been complaining about for years. A trip around the area this week with BBC Three Counties Radio found a sulphur smell. There was disagreement if it was the one they were looking for between Vauxhall's environmental manager Neil Revel and councillor David Franks. This is a rotten egg smell, a very much a rotten egg smell, not a cat pee smell. It certainly seems to me like the smell that I've experienced elsewhere. In football, it was a nil-nil draw for Watford in their championship match with Burnley. Luton Town beat Staines 2-0 to get through to the second round of the FA Trophy. The weather, some light rain this morning, but brightening up with sunshine this afternoon and a high of 7 Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash counties. Oh, I've just seen what's coming up. You lot are in for a right treat. We're coming to towns and villages all across our counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. When you approach Itching down Windmill Hillside, especially in the winter, it's all lit up and it looks beautiful. All this week in Hitchin. I think the people are really, really pleasant. Yeah, it's just a nice old market town. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Seriously, I, you lot are brilliant. I, I throw out one line and I get a response. Paul in Borehamwood, stay there. I'm coming to you shortly. Lots coming up between now and nine o'clock on BBC Three Counties Radio. As the government probe into allegations of grade massaging and bullying at the Barnfield Federation continues, its former boss has stepped down from his current job. Catwee, angry locals, calibrated noses, it has to be a job for Justin Dealey. We'll be finding out whether the pensioner threatened with eviction from Milton Keynes Hospital has been given her marching orders. And pop perverts, one of their records comes on at a party, what do you do? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text 81333, start your text 3CR, or you can give me a call 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, before the news, I I did a throwaway, slightly tongue-in-cheek line. If you've ever uh, worked with David Niven, give me a call. Paul in Boring Wood, you work with David Niven. Good morning, Good good Uh, morning, Paul. Well, I I interviewed him at Elstree Studios. I didn't actually work with him, but I I did interview him when he was doing a... He's doing a film called A Man Called Intrepid. Oh, Paul, don't do not do yourself a disservice. You were working, he was working. You worked with David Niven. Well, I suppose I did. <laughs> what, what year was this? I don't remember that film. Um, oh, gosh, it would have been about 78, something like that, okay. 79. So, so towards the end of his career... Very much, yeah. Uh, but much. but uh, I'm a huge David Niven fan. But, but, uh, is it, um, um, what's the film with the big stairs and he goes to heaven? A Matter of Life and Death. Yes. Oh, my yes. goodness. If you want to go and watch a film that, that it just looks wonderful and questions the, the existence, watch A Matter of Life and Death. And, of course, read his wonderful autobiography, uh, The Moon's a Balloon. What was he like, Paul? Well, in fact, we, a lovely man, a real, a real old-fashioned gent. But um, he did talk about that book, The Moon's a Balloon, and he said, Paul, don't, don't take too much notice of it from a historical point of view because he did tend to fabricate things to make a good read. 
uh, or, or if somebody else had happened, something had happened to some other star, and it sounded like a good story, he would put it in and say it happened to him. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, good for him. Well, it's good for him, yeah. He said, I, he said I'm writing a good, fun book. I'm not writing uh, an accurate historical biography. Do you know, I'm going to have to, I I read that book every few years, I'm going to have to dig it out and read it again. There's a wonderful story in it, which I'm going to believe uh, happened to David Niven, where he's out skiing in the Alps, (laughs) and he's having, I think he's having a wee or something, and he gets, his, his dinkle gets frostbite. And right. there is great danger, of course, with frostbite that the offending item could drop off. So he has to rush, he has to, gets rushed down a hill, I guess he skis down the hill, rushes into a hotel, orders a, a double brandy, not to drink, but to warm up his appendage in. Why do you particularly remember that story, Ian? I, t- <laughs> I don't know, Paul, but it's a, I, I first read that book when I was 12, and I remember being terrified by that story. But it's, a, oh, and it, it was, it, was he the gentleman we all expect him to be? He was, a, he was a lovely man, and he, and he was very nervous. Really? Uh, but as he was due that afternoon to do an interview on TV with, I think, a lady called Mavis Nicholson. I remember Mavis Nicholson, yes, of yeah. course. And he, he wanted me to tell her all about her and so on. And I said, well, you're surely not nervous about it. And he said, yes. He said, if you look at the palm of my hands, I still sweat, because people expect me to be so funny and relaxed and, and the David Niven that you see... But that's not really 100% me. It's uh, and he was quite honest about that. And he said he also had a habit of rubbing the side of his nose when he was nervous. Yeah. And he said, if you're not careful from the wrong camera angle, it looks like you're picking your nose. Fantastic, Paul. I really appreciate you calling him. What a lovely story. Well, I'll put it out there again. Did you work with David Niven? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Paul, you should. I, I know. You, I know you've interviewed lots of people. You should get them in a book. Get them in a book. If you've got recordings of them, get them out on a CD or MP3. I'd, I'd certainly buy a copy of that. I'd certainly uh, get involved in that. Now, uh, this is a story we've mentioned a few times before here on Three Counties Radio. A cat we smell that appears to be coming from Luton's Vauxhall plant. The company says it's taking the uh, problem seriously and has spent thousands looking into the source of the smell, which the Environment Agency believes has something to do with the paint they're using. The company refutes this and is sending out sniffers with calibrated noses every morning to check on the pong. Local councillor David Franks has been out with them. We'll speak to him in a few minutes, but before that, Justin Daly. Uh, morning again, Justin. Hello, Ian. Uh, you're still outside the Vauxhall plant, but point number seven. Yes. Point number seven is um, the point that we've identified as being a problem. Uh, point number seven on uh, their 29.4-mile walk they take every single day. Uh, three members of staff have a, a calibrated nose. That's on Airport Way. Um, I'm with a local here, Mitch Bruce. Mitch, you live on Horlock Drive. Horlock it's about... About a mile away from the Vauxhall plant, just describe how bad this smell is, and don't hold back. Some mornings you can walk into work, and when I hit the roundabout at Kimpton Road next to motor bodies, it's awful. You have to sort of catch your breath. It's a real bad smell, and that's most mornings I walk into work, and that's five days a week. Describe what it smells like. Sort of cat pee, rotten eggs, depending. Some days it's worse than others. You know, you get various smells, but it is very bad. Now, the council approached you about 18 months ago about this smell. It's a story that won't go away. In those 18 months, has the smell got better or worse? It's got worse over the last 18 months since the council employee first asked me about it. I mean, Ian was saying earlier on that that maybe it's too early in the morning for us to smell it. I can't smell it today, but but when is this smell at its very worst, its peak? I notice it, obviously, I walk into into work 8 o'clock and I can smell it then rest of the day when I go home sometimes I pick up the smell as well. 
and everyone locally has been talking about this everyone for quite some locally, time. Yeah, anyone up my street have been complaining about it for the last 18 months. And it's not going away. Mitch, I appreciate your time. That was uh, Mitch there joining us live, Ian. So, again, uh, as somebody mentioned to me before, they said to me, you know, there's too many people talking about this, too many people complaining about this for us to be making this story up. People mm. continue to phone us at Three Counties Radio every single year saying, please, please, can somebody do something about this smell? Justin, thank you very much. I'll speak to you later on. I'll talk to you about uh, pop uh, in uh, a little bit. We can join uh, now uh, Joined now by Councillor David Franks. Good morning, David. Good morning, Ian. Now, David, you went on the walk, uh, the, 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 the cat wee walk. Uh, how long did it take? Oh, goodness. Um, oh, about an hour and a half, hour and three quarters. So it was very thorough. What did you discover on this walk? Well, um, w- what we discovered, I think, to be fair, is that Vauxhall do appear to be taking the problem seriously. Um, Unfortunately, uh, they still don't actually admit that the problem is theirs. That, and that, that's the big issue. Now, you smelt something, but it was an eggy smell, which the, the, the Vauxhall say, ah, oh, no, hang on, we've had complaints about a cat wee smell. That's, that's, that's a different smell. Well, <laughs> yes. But we did discover, as you say, at sniffing point seven, which is where Justin was this morning... Um, we we certainly did discover a very strong smell, which yeah, I, I would describe as uh, rotten eggs. Um, it was it really was quite strong. Now, I don't know what cat's pee smells like, and whenever you get a bad smell, different people are going to describe it in different ways, aren't they? That's, yeah. that's that's natural. What what I don't know at the moment is whether the smell we picked up at that water treatment plant um, in Airport Way is the the smell that my constituents are actually complaining about. And what I need to do is to get a couple of them there so that they can say, uh, yes or no, this is the smell that we're complaining about. Was it the same smell that you've sniffed? It is, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Vauxhall categorically deny they are responsible for the cat pee smell. Do you accept that? Well, it's hard to accept it, Ian, when the Environment Agency is quite categorical about it, and they say that the smell is coming from that paint plant. Now, um, I I don't dismiss... You know, you've got to be a bit careful about this, because um, the Environment Agency say it's coming from the paint plant, but the paint plant involves quite a lot of water. Um, It's a water-based paint and it's washed away uh, you know the surplus that gets spilled of which is quite a lot gets washed away by water the the water treatment plant where we got this smell on monday um treats all of the water that comes out of the Vauxhall plant so there is a direct connection there with the paint with the paint shop now, Vauxhall have spent uh, over £100,000 on this. I guess if they w- admitted liability or were found it was definitely them, they'd have to spend a lot more money, either cleaning it up or possibly in compensation. Do you think that's why they're perhaps reluctant to... to, to, to they're worried about their reputation? Yeah, I, I think there is def- definitely a, a reputation problem that, that um, is very much in the front of their minds. Although, I, I have to say, I've been a councillor for this area, which is right next door to a major manufacturing plant for a long time now and inevitably there have been uh, odd issues that have come up as you would expect 
I've found in the past that Vauxhall have always been very keen to do whatever they can within reason to be a good neighbour. Mm. Um, now, um, maybe they need to do a little bit more this time. Councillor David Franks, thank you very much. We'll follow this story very closely and do let us know when you do manage to get uh, some of the residents who've complained onto the site to have a sniff. 08459 455 555 on the subject of Gary Glitter. And uh, well, it would, we're talking about Gary Glitter song. If it popped up, the Christmas song, another rock and roll Christmas. If it popped up, um, what would you do? Paul says, uh, "I dislike Gary Glitter immensely." Ah, yes, we had uh, some some debate yesterday. Was it Paul who used the word "dismensely"? Dis, Was that the word he used? "Dismensely." Thank you, Paul. And Phil says, we've got our Christmas lunch at work today. I'll listen out for Rock and Roll Christmas. If it comes on, I'll watch what happens and let you know. Do. That's the only way we're going to find out what the general attitude is, isn't it? I bet it'll be lots of people making jokes. I know, sickening as that may be, but people making jokes, won't it? And then still having a little bit of a boogie. 08459 455 555. Quarter past eight. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 southbound now looking slow between 12 for Flittick and 11 for Dunstable Road. The M40 London bound still struggling between Beaconsfield, that's Junction 2, and Junction 1A for the M25. Northbound things are slow from the Denham roundabout as you join the M25. On the M25 itself, anti-clockwise is queuing between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. The A1M heading south looking slow through the Stevenage Junction still, that's 8 and 7. In Harpenden, the High Street is busy but moving in both directions. Public transport has no reported problems. This is Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 8.16, it's Wednesday the 4th of December. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Sir Peter Burkett has resigned from his new job as the Department of Education investigates the Barnfield Federation in Bedfordshire, where he used to be in charge. A walk around Vauxhall's factory in Luton has failed to find an odour which has been plaguing residents. In football, it was a nil-nil draw for Watford at Burnley last night. And the weather today, light rain this morning, but sunny this afternoon with a high of 7 Celsius. Three Counties Radio. Roberto Peroni. We are really good at work <laughs> for one hour. Tell you what, if my turkey's not a big fat one for Christmas, I'm going to be very disappointed. If you've got small children or you're a small person, I dwarf, dress as a rabbit, going to a fancy dress party, you are perfectly safe. Roberto Peroni. Bird watchers in Buckinghamshire are perking that a pair of falcons will breed there over winter. And we can all say, gentlemen, God bless Leighton Buzzard and that wonder bro. What an amazing invention. Weekdays from three. Good afternoon. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm Roberto. Good morning, Jonathan. We're we're just saying how perky and alert we're feeling at the moment. (laughs) Uh, But we are looking forward to having a little bit of time off. Yes, yes. It's not at all that Christmas is beckoning. No, no. I watched half of a Christmas film last night. I watched Muppet Christmas Carol two nights ago. Gosh. Not full of laughs, the Muppet Christmas Carol. It's fun. Right. But it's not not full of laughs, really. And then last night I watched um, half of Arthur Christmas. 
Oh, I love Arthur. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. I watched it with the boys, and the boys went to bed, and it was so good, I, I was very tempted to watch the rest of it on my own. But I, I didn't, because I know I will watch that at least 500 times before Christmas, so um, I, I'll save it. Did you get your tree up yesterday? No, the tree's oh. not up yesterday. The tree's coming today. Oh, Mother-in-law bought a tree. It's, it's coming, coming today. It's coming today. It's coming today, but we've got um, Christmas lights on one of the trees in the garden, and a few of the old decorations are up. Now... What colour are the Christmas lights? White. Oh, well, that's okay. Classic. Yeah, I'm okay. not going to have horrible flashing red neon ones. And, oh, oh, there's well, there's some people who will have those this year. I tell you what, I don't like. What's that? The common people that have huge uh, displays outside yes. their house. Jesus on the bongos. Oh, for goodness' sakes. Bart Simpson coming out of your roof. Oh, it's disgusting. I feel sorry for their neighbours having to live next door to that tat. I'd well, I'd move. I, seriously, if one of my neighbours put a, an inflatable Bart Simpson on the roof, I'd move. So, quite often, the Bart Simpson's dropping his pants as well. What's, oh. what's, what's a bare backside got to do with baby Jesus being born? Don't even talk to me. I, I really, I, I find it offensive. And no doubt, one of the shows on here, probably me, will be doing a. a, a, a we'll get Justin outside a, a fun Christmas display outside someone's house. And isn't it fun? And no, it's not fun. It's ridiculous. Stop it. Last year. My producer Tim sent me to um, to this lady's house, yeah. and she has one of these horrible, you know. They do it for charity, so they say it's all for charity. It's okay; we, it doesn't matter that we ruin our street; it's for charity. Think of the electricity you're wasting, the, the carbon footprint. Exactly. So I went round there. And I thought this woman had been briefed that I'm a snob, oh. and I don't like lights. So of course I launched into this. Your neighbours must hate you. Yeah. I mean, it looks dreadful, doesn't it? And she threw me out. Oh. We we could never play the uh, the audio that I'd recorded because she phoned up. She went absolutely berserk. Wow. I can't even use the language she used. She said, "Who was that?" She phoned too much. She said, "Who was that?" You sent round to my house. Me. We couldn't play it out. Have you still got the audio? <laughs> Somewhere. Could I have a listen? You want to have a listen? I'd love to, yeah. It was very funny. I'm sure it was. Uh, yes. She became more and more offended in her own living room as I uh, insulted her lights. It is this. Listen, if you've got those lights, if you're thinking of doing it, don't. People will look down and use for charity. Just write them a cheque, give them a 50 quid. It's disgusting. <laughs> Not charity, although I, I have my own thoughts on that as well. Uh, Jonathan, <laughs> what's on your show today? You heard it, it is disgusting. Coming up on the big phone in this morning at nine, do you think married couples should pay less tax? Oh, yes, I do. David Cameron says married couples will pay less tax if the Conservatives stay in power in 2015. The plan will be unveiled by the Chancellor, George Osborne, in his autumn statement tomorrow. The Chancellor apparently believes, and if this is true, this is very interesting, he, he believes the allowance sends an unhelpful, socially conservative message. But he will support the Prime Minister regardless. The plan is likely to cost the taxpayer £600 million a year. But is it money well spent to encourage marriage within society? From nine this morning, I want your views on this. Do you think married couples should pay less tax? Is it better for all of us as a country if more people do get married? Should they be rewarded financially? 08459 455 555. It's the big phone-in at nine. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Right, the former head of the Barnfield Federation has stepped down from his current role at an international teaching group. Sir Peter Burkett said the government inquiry, uh, current government inquiry into allegations, including grade massaging and bullying at the Bedfordshire-based Federation and College, was a distraction to the GEMS education group. Well, the Labour MP for Luton South, Gavin Shuka, is keeping an eye on developments. He joins me now. Good morning, Gavin. What's your reaction to his resignation? 
Well, um, we've got to wait and see what's behind this. I mean, he's been very clear, hasn't he? He doesn't want to be a distraction uh, to the private sector company that he's working for now. But there is at least a question as to why he went to that private sector company in the first place, just at a time where it seems as though they were running an investigation into his conduct. So, I mean, we don't know what the investigation is going to say, but, but, but is he linked with this investigation specifically? Well, I think if you look back beyond um, summer of this year, which obviously they're investigating from, pretty much everything that went on at Barnfield uh, went over the desk of Sir Peter Burkett. And actually, if you, I mean, if you really look at that organisation, I mean, it was so shaped... Uh, in terms of its expansionary nature for such a long time by his leadership, um, that actually everything that's gone on in that college ultimately will have passed through his hands. So I think um, we don't know what the investigation is going to say. I've been pressing really hard to try and get answers out of Michael Gove with limited success, I have to admit. Um, but I think it's probably an indication that we're getting close to the point where that investigation is going to be published. Well, it, it, it's due sort of very, very soon, isn't it? D- does his resignation uh, indicate that there's going to be some criticism of him? Well, I think if there's criticism of Barnfield over previous years, it's inevitable uh, that there'll be criticism of Pete Burkett as well. You know, um, I would regularly go into meetings with Peter and raise my own concerns about the way in which Barnfield... Um, was behaving, it was clear, actually, that under his leadership, he had a a clear vision of trying to gobble up as many schools as possible. And I suspect that's probably, when we look back over the investigation, going to be at the heart of many of the concerns that people have raised. Do you think Michael Gove is taking this seriously? No, I don't, actually. Um, You know, myself and Kelvin Hopkins, and uh, Kelvin's obviously been the MP in Luton for the last 15 or so years. I've been on the scene slightly less longer than that but you know we've approached this in a very serious way and we've got a long-standing commitment to education in the town now we've raised those concerns directly with dfe and their attitude is well there's an ongoing investigation we're not going to invite you in for a private um, conversation about that we're not going to explain what the nature of that is and i just think that's letting people down there's real concern amongst the students and the staff of barnfield we know that because various people have popped up um, raising their concerns privately and Michael Gove has done very little, understandably, when he's got so much invested in free schools and academies, but he's done so very little to actually reassure parents and uh, MPs as well. Well, I was going to say, he's got a lot invested in this in so many different levels. If there is criticism of the Federation, will it reflect badly on Gove? Well, I think it should. You know, for, for whatever your motivation and your feelings about the last Labour government, what they allowed Barnfield to do was to take over two schools that were essentially um, successively failing generations of kids. And actually we welcomed that because we thought, well, here's a local education provider who knows something about education and kids in the town working with these schools, and their record was good. What happened post-2010, however, was a massive green light to go and gobble up as many schools as you want. And I think that had a major implication in the way in which they were running the college. You know, we know how that expansion actually affected many schools. You had schools that were kind of being being treated by Barnfield as a cash cow. And, uh, you know, if you want to see what happens when you have a policy of just complete autonomy for schools, encouraging them to gobble up as many schools as possible, but with no accountability, you don't have to look much further than Barnfield. Gavin, when, uh, I appreciate your time this morning. When the investigation is out and we have all the details, can we speak to you again on this? Yeah, of course. And Excellent. Obviously, we're all keeping on top of the developments, including three counties. Lovely. Thank you very much, Labour MP for Luton South, Gavin Shukla. 
across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morris is in Watford. Good morning, Morris. Good morning, Ian. What would you like to say, sir? Um, earlier on, you was on about the British Legion at uh, St Albans closing down. Yes. That I do not know about. I am involved with the British Legion quite a lot in the Watford area and other ex-service organisations. But you did say that the name British Legion sounds a bit dated. Uh, well, I said the what I meant by British Legion being a bit dated is I meant the kind of the halls and the, the bars and those kind of, you know, old, slightly yeah. run-down buildings. Now, here's, here's my chance for the British Legion to get a free advert in on, on, on uh, radio. People... Uh, don't have the impression that, A, you have to be an ex-serviceman to join the British Legion yeah. clubs, uh, and B, we're a load of old fogies. A, we're not a load of old fogies. Are you an old fogie, Morris? Yes, I am. OK, you are right. I'm a okay. old Fair play. <laughs> Good for you. But, uh, no, uh, what it is, Ian, is can you... We must emphasise, A, you do not have to be an ex-serviceman or woman to join the British Legion Anybody over the 18, age of 18 can join the club. Why would they want to join? What would they get from that, Morris? What would they get from it? Community, comradeship, is, if that sounds the right word. I know it sounds a service word. Uh, I mean, you take Croxy Green British Leeds. I'm president there for my sins. Um, We've we got snooker, pool, darts, you, uh, dances going on for the youngsters as well. we got stuff for the elderly, obviously. But... You must emphasise, and I blame the British Legion for this, headquarters, that we get two weeks a year to um, emphasise the poppy, you know, the poppy appeal, which is fantastic. Which is great work, no one's knocking that. I mean, my wife and myself, we've been involved on selling poppies 37 years now. But um, youngsters think, oh, the British Legion, we can't join it. We, we didn't serve in the Army, the Navy or the Air Force. Youngsters, if they're over 18, can join a club. If they can join a branch, if they're under 18, but if they want to join a club... But the thing is, Morris, kids are going around taking, you know, legal highs. They, t- t- um, they got Benzo Fury. They're going to nightclubs. They're playing Xboxes. Would I they know. really want to sit in a, in a British Legion with, with yes. you? Yeah, we've, we've got youngsters sitting in our Legion. They come in, they have a game of snooker. I mean, one of our... Uh, we just had a new AGM. One of our youngsters yeah. has gone on the club committee. And how young he, is this young, youngster? What, 38? Uh, no, he's... Uh, don't quote me on this. I think he's either 19 or 20. Oh, OK. Proper youngster, yeah. right? OK. Yeah, proper youngster. We get the youngsters in. They will start getting things turned around a wee bit where they are a bit dated. And I'm going to be the first to admit some of it is dated. But we must emphasise that the British Legion is for youngsters as well as oldens, and it's also for anybody, not just the ex-service people. Morris, I appreciate your call. A good advert for the British Legion. Are you persuaded by what Morris has had to say? Has that um, swung your vote in thinking, hang on a second, let's not go down to Cinderella's tonight. Cinderella's. Cinderella Rockefeller's. Let's not go down there. Let's not go down to... um, uh, Charlie Browns, thank you very much indeed. Uh, or or um, one of those, the, the Ritzes. Or um, I'm trying to think of a specific um, chain of pubs. Wheat, wheat Sheaf. No. The, do you still get those Firkin pubs? The Firkins still yeah, around? Yeah, I believe so. Excuse you. The Firkin pub. That was the joke. That was the joke. Is It sounds a little bit rude, but actually mm. it's, it's a word for a barrel. So don't go down to the Firkin. Go down to the um, Royal British Legion. I think is what I'm saying. Yeah, that'll do.
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M40 still struggling London bound between Junction 2 for Beaconsfield and Junction 1A for the M25. The M25 itself anti-clockwise is queuing between 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. We've had calls from Lorna and John on the A1M southbound. We've got reports that's partially blocked near Junction 10 for Bulldock after an accident. It's causing queues uh, on the approach. In Marlow, the A404 is slow at the M40 Junction 4 for the High Wycombe Handycross roundabout. Public transport has no reported problems. This is Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Jane Killick. The former head of the Luton-based Barnfield Federation has resigned from his role as chief executive of an international education company. Sabita Burkett is leaving GEMS because he says the government investigation into the Barnfield Federation could prove a distraction. Plans to sell a Royal British Legion club in St Albans has angered residents and club members. Mitchell Hall has been a club for more than 80 years. Subsidies for onshore wind farms and solar power will be cut in order to provide more support for offshore wind power. The weather, light rain this morning, sunny this afternoon with a high of 7 Celsius. On to sport and in football, Watford picked up a point on their travels in the championship last night. The Hornets drew 0-0 at Burnley. Manager Gianfranco Zola was happy with his side's response to their poor display on Saturday. We play the game with a lot of passion, a lot of desire, a lot of uh, heart, no? Something that uh, somebody in the last few days uh, has criticised, has doubted about this team. Everything was in place today and, uh, and uh, you know, the rest will come. The, we have uh, quality in the, in the bag and it will come out. Luton Town are through to the second round of the FA Trophy. The Hatters beat Staines 2-0 last night with goals from Andy Parry and Sean Wally. Luton coach Hakan Heretin was pleased with the performance. Yeah, we did a great job uh, against a very good team. If you look at the first half performance, I think their goalkeeper made four or five great saves, uh, kept them in the game. We didn't really play the tempo that we usually play. We addressed that at half-time and we, we, we raised our game. We played a lot higher up the pitch and we got our reserve, you know, the result that we deserved. Crystal Palace are off the bottom of the Premier League after beating West Ham 1-0 last night. Wickham Wanderers play tonight in League Two. The chairboys are away to Portsmouth. The original fixture was abandoned at half-time due to a waterlogged pitch. In cricket, Australia have named an unchanged side for the second Ashes Test, which starts tonight in Adelaide. Captain Michael Clarke will play after recovering from an ankle injury. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at nine. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. So you're at a Christmas party, OK, and they put on one of those Christmas CDs uh, and you've just finished dancing to the wonderful uh, Christmas time song, Simply Having a Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul McCartney. You're having a little boogie, you've got your, uh, your hooch in one hand, your G&T in the other. It's Christmas, why not? Treat yourself. And then Gary Glitter's Rock and Roll Christmas comes on. Easily one of the top five, I'm going to say it, one of the top three Christmas songs of all time. But it's Gary Glitter. So what do you do? Do you carry on dancing? Do you make a joke about it? Do you go and skip the CD? Do you you walk out? What do you do? What's the etiquette in there? I think I would probably have to carry on dancing. Because it's a cracking record. Not in any way condoning his behaviour. Of course I'm not at all. It was heinous. Heinous crimes. But 
how do, how do you feel? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call on that. Lots of you having your say on Facebook as well. Michelle says, just keep on dancing. Jill says, I believe Gary Glitter doesn't receive royalties. I See, I'm not sure. I don't really, Obviously, he wouldn't at a Christmas party. That would be crazy. Um, Jason says, I don't think it would be played anyway. Well, if you're just at a party and it's got that... There's a specific CD I'm thinking of, and I can picture the cover. It's got like a snow cover, and it's got a picture of Paul McCartney wearing a Christmas hat in one of the corners. It's on loads of them. Rob says, I wish they would roll out new Christmas songs. The current ones on loop are so boring now. Yeah, they are. I know what you mean. But when they try and introduce new Christmas songs, they never quite work. And it takes about 20 years for them to become classics, doesn't it? 08459 455 555. Uh, Lena says, if you played it, I would switch you off. It's interesting, Lena. If we played that, you, you would switch it off. I'm guessing because of, of the crimes that Gary Glitter uh, uh, committed. But what about if I played this song, which is a song we played couple of times a month here. Would you switch us off for this? Now. It's not Gary Glitter. But the lyrics are written by Jonathan King. Now, Jonathan King, as we all know, was equally as dubious in his uh, proclivities. So would you switch us off if we played this? He wrote these words. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. We'll see if we can speak to Justin as well uh, a little bit later on in the show about that. Now, last week, we spoke to 82-year-old Joan Parker, who was being evicted from her bed at Milton Keynes Hospital. John had a fall in February, but is now fully recovered. And while Milton Keynes Council have been trying to find her somewhere to live, she's refused all the properties on offer, saying they're unsuitable. Well, after being offered extra time on Friday, she's due to be evicted today. We can catch up now with her daughter-in-law, Pam Parker. Morning, Pam. Good morning to you. What's the latest? What's happening? Well, the council have certainly not been trying to help Joan. Um, that they put out on their uh, statement. They said that they was committed to helping Joan, and she would have a, sol- a further selection of accommodation. Joan hasn't just been, um, you know turning down accommodation they're trying to put her in a bed sit that's that's the truth of the matter now if they was committed to help her um andrea vincent head of uh, housing sent a letter to joan it arrived at the hospital after her eviction date and if it wasn't for the kindness of mr blakesley that that said that um she could extend it by a few days she would never have received this letter. OK, so, wh- so where are we today? Where we are today is Joan has come out yesterday because it's all been getting to her. She's living in um, one of our bedrooms and a hallway. Hmm. The hallway is set up so that it, when she has her nightmares, she can come out of that, the bedroom. And this was the and thing, wasn't it? She, 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 a bed sit was unsuitable because she has these horrific nightmares and she needs to, um, to, to walk out of the bedroom, doesn't she, to clear her head? To be able to sit outside the bedroom so she doesn't have to be where the bed is. I went along. Um, this letter didn't arrive until late on Friday night. There's been no communication with the hospital, uh, sorry, uh, the housing. And uh, uh, 
Andrea Vincent. Pam, Pam, we just have to be Pam, Pam, Pam. We just have to be careful. Can we just stop mentioning names? Just because these people aren't here. No, it's okay. Just they're not here, and I I, I want to. We can't get their side of the story. Yes, and she has clearly said in letters, anyway, or the council clearly said she will not be offered anything but that one place. Now, what has happened is it's a bed sit. I only wish that your viewers could see it because it's. I went along there yesterday to see if I could be a mediator between the two, have a look at the place, okay. and see if there's anything that we could do, temporary. We've been told that it's not temporary. Once she's in there, she's in there. Yep. Um, however, I went along. I did send your, your guy, Craig, the pictures of it. It's absolutely appalling to put somebody in a space like that. In fact, we're wondering how big um, prison cells are now. Oh. It's honestly, please look at the pictures. I will do, um, yes. You know, and happy to share those pictures with anyone. There would be room for her bed um, only and a tiny chair sitting there in the same room. She wouldn't be able to take her possessions with her because it's just not big enough. It's, it, you know, it's as big as a hotel room, really. In fact, I've been bigger hotel rooms. Pam, but, is it time, is, is it perhaps time that you and your husband make that decision that, that I've had to make and other children have to make but we hate to make, that, that maybe Joan does need to move into a care home? Well, unfortunately, you've met Joan. Would you put her in a care home? Could you get her in a care home? Well, the... the, the, the she doesn't the, want to. I know she doesn't want to. My mum didn't want to. Uh, but yeah. she has she has fallen over and injured herself quite badly, hasn't she? The, the, mm-hmm. the accident to the head, which would imply Absolutely. that perhaps she does need a little bit more looking after than she is prepared mm-hmm. to accept. So who actually takes the responsibility then for assessing her and saying this lady needs more help and then how do we get that help? Because if this lady's been having these nightmares, um, you know, and and it's registered that she has these nightmares by a psychologist, what's been happening about that? What have they done about it in the hospital? Because she's been in there long enough. Has anyone said, well, actually, when she comes out, yes, like you're saying, she needs a care home. You know, who gets us a piece of paper that says, yes, here we are, speak to housing, she needs a care home. Well, you... Housing are saying she's got too much money. Now, what I can state is that she has no money because no money has passed hands with her house yet because it's still in the legal process. And when she does, it's 48,000. Now, 48,000 is not going... A hundred pound a day is for a care home. Yeah. Okay. Now, how long is that going to last her? And, you know, if it's a private care home, what happens once she goes in there and runs out of money? Once, I don't know. No one's advised well, us this. Pam, I can tell you. What happens is, once she's in the care home, once her savings and all her assets drop below, I think it's about £23,000. I uh, think it's sixteen, but... Okay. That's what we've okay. told, yeah. So you do know. Uh, do no, no, I don't. It's only what we've looked up. Okay. Well, <laughs> then once it falls below that threshold, uh, yeah. then the council step in and they pay the majority of it. You may have to still pay a little bit towards it, but yeah. they will pay the majority of, of the, yeah. the care home but I, I fees. I wonder how many of your listeners that are abled people at home, got all their faculties, would like you to put them in a care home? 
But I, I guess the argument, and this is, listen, hey, listen, I don't want to get involved in family politics. This is a discussion for yeah. you and your husband to, to have and any other family members. Well, it's but it's not us, it's Joan. It's not well, us. It, we always say family, it's not. Joan well, is an able-bodied person. But, but Pam, she's not, is she? She's had that horrible fall and that horrible, where she cracked her head and there was blood. So she, that kind of yeah. proves... All, all, all I'm saying, from someone who's had to do this themselves, with, with a mum who was reluctant to go into a care home, all I would say is that I, I think you and your husband need to have a very serious chat and possibly, possibly, wrestle control of a very awkward situation. Mm-hmm. It's just a suggestion. Yeah. How well, is she doing, though? Is she, is she all right? Is well, she all right? unfortunately, I think that maybe this country needs to have a better understanding of how you feel when you're 82. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's what we need to. Maybe we need to be be actually, um, you know, building more villages yeah. like the Willem Village and the lovely places. Of course we do. Of course where we they're do. They're not in a home stuck in a bed. You know, just in there. They're actually living a proper life. Well, the people live proper. But is young nowadays. Pam, people live live proper homes in in uh, proper lives in care homes. Trust me. Trust me. You no, know, I, I appreciate that. But if you don't want to go in a care home. Yeah. You know, why should you be forced to go in there? Because there's not enough suitable accommodation for the elderly. But you and you would be happy with with um, Joan, who has had a very serious accident in her own home, fallen over and, and cracked her head. You'd be happy for her to live on her own. You think that would be a safe situation? No, she's not wanting to live on her own. It's sheltered housing. Right. It's where she could live independently, but she's got, you know, other people round her. She's got, you know, friends build up the, you know, within the community. Yeah. In sheltered housing, that's what they've got. Okay. They've got the best of both worlds. Pam, listen, I wish you and Joan the very best of luck on this okay. on this journey. I hope it sorts itself I, out. I'll, keep in touch. I will tell David with uh, your suggestion. OK, thank you very much. You can keep in touch and let us know. 08459 455. 555 is the telephone. It's a tough It's a tough decision to make. Slightly easier for me and my sister to make uh, because my mum is, is, is medically unwell and, uh, you know, was incapable of looking after herself. But still, she didn't want to go. Oh, my mum hated me. She still does every now and then for, for what we did. But sometimes as kids, you have to... Kids, you have to make the decision for someone. And I would suggest... And I met Joan, and she's a fiery old so-and-so. But I would suggest if, if an 82-year-old woman has fallen over and seriously injured her head uh, whilst living alone, that perhaps that is the time that someone with a slightly clearer eye steps in and, and, and takes control of the situation. And care homes, some of them are horrible. Oh, man, some are awful. Some of them, uh, the, I would say, uh, the, the majority, yeah, the majority of them are wonderful and offer people a whole new lease of life. Uh, they have that, that, the, the Parker family have a, a, a long journey uh, th- th- to go on, and uh, I, I hope that their destination is uh, is a suitable one. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give me a call. You can also go to facebook.com forward slash bbc three cr, um, and uh, you can also um, Facebook uh, on the Twitter. Jonathan King record, recorded Gloria himself and released it as a single. It was written as a Eurovision song. Google it, says Andrew. Thank you very much indeed. Right, uh, it's coming up to a quarter to nine. Let's get the latest travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
The A1M southbound is partially blocked near Junction 10 for Baldock. It's after an accident. The emergency services are attending there at the moment. Thanks for Lorna and John for calling in with that one. There are queues on the approaches. In Tring, Ignild Way is closed in both directions between Wingrave Road and Northfield Road because of a building fire. The M1 southbound is slow between 12 for Flittick and 11 for Dunstable Road. M40 London bound struggling between 2 for Beaconsfield and 1A for the M25. On the M25 itself, still queuing anti-clockwise all the way from 21 for the M1 to 16 for the M40. Public transport has no reported problems. This is Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. It's 8.45. It's Wednesday, the 4th of December. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. An investigation into the Luton-based Barnfield Federation has led its former boss, Sir Peter Burkett, to resign from his new job at, a, as, uh, at an education company. Six insurance firms have agreed to invest £25 billion on infrastructure, including housing, power station and transport links. In football, Luton are through to the second round of the FA Trophy after beating Staines 2-0. Coming up, Gary Glitter, Rock and Roll Christmas, one of the greatest Christmas songs of all times. It comes on at a Christmas party. What do you do? 08459 455 555. We'll talk about that and more after the weather with Wendy. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, good morning. Plenty of cloud around out there and some light rain falling as well in a few places across the three counties, all courtesy of a cold front going through. And it's going to clear through and eventually the skies will be sunny. We'll have to wait until after lunchtime for that, though. It's going to be a blue-skied afternoon then with temperatures of 7 degrees Celsius. And thanks to the clear skies overnight, we may at, fire at first find we have a mist or fog patch developing here and there. But once the breeze starts to pick up later on in the night, that will all disperse. It's going to be a pretty chilly one wherever we are one or two degrees in the urban areas and uh, just below freezing possibly in the countryside so it really will be a nippy night with sheltered spots getting a touch of frost as well so chilly start to the day tomorrow bright to begin with but it's going to cloud over from the northwest as we go through the afternoon and it's late afternoon there'll be a spell of rain that goes quickly through it's just a narrow band of rain by the looks of things but it will be a little bit heavy in places temperatures before that eight or nine degrees celsius but afterwards we have a plunge in temperature because the winds will have turned to a more northerly direction. And so for Friday, oh, well, I expect a high of four or five degrees Celsius, nothing much more than that, but it does come with plenty of sunshine. Temperatures will recover over the weekend, but also the clouds going to come back. That's how it's looking for now. Every weekday from 12, Nick Coffer brings you... Going from the saint to, to Bond was rather like a, a diamond being put into a much more expensive, intricate setting. I believe women have affairs because they seek love and affirmation. So, you know, my marriage went wrong and I had an affair, but I would not have done that had I not been unhappy, I think. I left school wanting to be a magician, but my mother wouldn't let me because my auntie Maureen was in show business and she was a naughty lady. Nick Coffer, weekdays from... 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Um, Peter's in Warmer Green. Morning, Peter. Good morning. Peter, what can I do for you, sir? I live in sheltered housing myself. Yes. And just because elderly people have a fall doesn't mean they're 
incompetent or they've not got all their faculties. Not at all. Really and truly, uh, there are lots of sheltered housing schemes where it helps people to live independently. Yep. I can understand where the lady's coming from because we get people having falls here and there, there are, but there's flats, warden control. Well, this are. is it. I think, I think that they would like, Joan, to move into sheltered accommodation, but they just can't find any room. I was suggesting one step further into her possibly moving into a home. Well, living in a home, basically, quite often it causes people to deteriorate very quickly. And we know that. I mean, older people know that. And they don't want to do it. If you're sitting around a large room with all the chairs around the, around the edges of the room with no conversation going on, you deteriorate. There's no doubt whatsoever that happens. But in lots many of homes. these, of, of course it does, Peter. You're right. But lots of these homes, people do thrive and do, you know, they come out of themselves and well, they do lead I've long, known, fruitful lives. Yeah. Well, I've, I'm the last of my family of nine, and I've visited quite a few care homes, and I've only found one, one that kept people occupied, really occupied. So uh, it's not true that is a lot of them out there. There's not. OK. Peter, always good to talk to you. Thank you very much indeed. On the subject of Gary Glitter, uh, it's Glenn in Leighton Buzzard. Morning, Glenn. Morning, Ian. Glenn, what would you like to say, sir? Um, Gary Glitter, I mean, it was despicable what he did, but for that song, that's part of my past. And it reminds me of my youth at the youth clubs. You, so I would dance to it. You, you make an interesting point. Uh, I, Penny, uh, I think it's Penny on the Facebook page, makes a similar point. Carry on. He was part of my youth. You can't turn off memory. So you could d- to distance yourself from the heinous crimes he did uh, and, and have a little boogie to Rock and Roll Christmas by Gary Glitter. I would do, yes. Glenn, I'm going to let you go just because the line's not great, but it's an interesting point you make. Uh, J-Dog, you, you heard Glenn there. Penny yep. says the same thing. It's part of her memory... Uh, part of uh, their childhood, um, they would have a little dance to Gary Glitter. Uh, 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 the na- the m- a man's name that you can't even say on the radio. No, I can't. I won't, to be fair. Can um, I ask why? Because I just think that you're going to cause offence um, and very, very easily. Funny enough, a couple of years ago, I got a, an email from somebody called Linda in Dunstable. And she said, look, Justin, I know what's happened, but, but would you mind playing a song by the person mentioned? I will mention his name in the piece coming up. But um, she said, because, very similar to, to what people are saying, because for me, I've got great childhood memories behind this particular song. It reminds me of my local youth club, and that's what your Saturday show is about you know, songs and memories, so would there be any chance? And I politely declined, and I think that's probably the only request that I've actually declined outright outright like that, because I just thought, if I do this, what it's going to do, it's going to annoy people, and the chances are I'm going to lose listeners, because a lot of people hate that man. And you can't can't afford to lose any more. Okay, so you won't mention Gary Glitter's name on the radio, because it will upset people. Would you mention Adolf Hitler's name on the radio? I don't do a programme about Adolf Hitler, <laughs> to be quite honest with you, when it comes to music. but I'm no, that, that's, com- that's Jonathan. <laughs> I'm going to be a complete and utter hypocrite right now, because right. one of my favourite tracks from the 1960s is by Hedgehoppers Anonymous. It's Good News Week. Now, I would play that song, yeah. because the majority of people would have absolutely no idea that yes. was written and produced by Jonathan King. OK, so you, you, so you wouldn't have a problem playing Jonathan Kim records, but yet he's uh, a, a predatory paedophile in the same way. You, you'd play this, for example. 
you play this, and, and, and yet Jonathan King, whose crimes are, I, I would suggest equally as heinous as Gary Glitters, Absolutely. wrote the lyrics to this. But you're not playing a song directly by Jonathan King. If well, I was to sit there and play this morning, Jonathan King, Everyone's Gone to the Moon, I can guarantee you right now, your phone lines will be flooded with complaints. When, be... you are, when you're mentioning that Hang person's on. name and it's that Hang person on. singing the record, that's entirely different. Hang on a minute. So if we don't know it's them, it's OK. And also, he'll be getting a few pence off me playing this now. Mm-hmm. He's Absolutely. making money from me playing this. No, I agree. No, I, I do agree. I do agree. But I think if you are playing a song um, by somebody like Jonathan King, let's mention him now, Gary Glitter, you are going to annoy people. But there are going to be a number of songs out there that people have got no idea that those people are associated with. OK. You spoke to people about this this morning. Uh, Justin, what did they have to say? Yeah, put the scenario to them. You're saying that uh, if you're at a Christmas party and uh, a Gary Glitter song comes on the Christmas song, which is, to be fair, a great Christmas song, what would people do? Here's what they had to say. Absolutely no way. I think I'd go straight up to the bloke who put it on and take it off and uh, tell him why, because the geezers are wrong and and he should be disqualified. None of his stuff should ever be played. He's a bang-out wrong-un. Uh, that, that's my honest opinion. Uh, I, it quite upset me with that kind of stuff going on at parties and everyone dancing to it. He's, you know, as simple as that. He's, he's bang-out of order, he's a wrong-un. If the DJ wouldn't turn it off and people were dancing, would you go up to the dance floor and get people off the dance floor? No, I would make sure the DJ turned it off. <laughs> in no <laughs> uncertain terms? In no uncertain terms, yeah, without doubt. And anyone in their right mind, any DJ in their right mind, should not play that uh, happy time of the year. It's not happy for a lot of people. Jonathan King has written a number of very, very famous records, but you might not realise that he's written those songs. What's the difference? Uh, Personally, I do know a lot about music, and I know Jonathan uh, King's stuff. Yeah, the same as that. Anything come on from from Jonathan King also. Very similar. I wouldn't uh, wouldn't tolerate it. People should realise out there get rid of them, don't even play their stuff. They get royalties for all this as well, they shouldn't get a penny. I think I'd laugh, because it's just, uh, it's taken in the same way as the Jimmy Savile thing, it's very bad what's happened, it's very sad, but people just seem to laugh, laugh it off. So you wouldn't go and turn it off or or demand that it was turned off, you you just stand there and laugh for three minutes? Well I wouldn't dance to it, that's a fact. Probably uh, not take no notice of it really. After what he's done? Well it's only a song, isn't it? Well I'd have a word with the DJ whoever's in charge and say look I don't really think this is suitable because of, of his background obviously you know he's, he's been put away for for things which most people think are completely reprehensible so you know I would just say that Very interesting Justin, you got someone with you have you? Yes I've got Nadine here as well, no ladies on that piece there Nadine if you're at your uh, annual Christmas party and they were playing Gary Glisser, another rock and roll Christmas be honest what would you do? protest because he's been convicted of the crime i don't think he should have the right for his songs to be played anymore fair enough if he hadn't been convicted then it's you know prove um innocent until proven guilty but he's guilty of it ask ask her about gloria by laura brannigan do you like laura brannigan gloria who's that it was it was a pop song back in uh, the 90s sing it to her gloria 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 do you like that song no, I don't really know it. Okay, to be okay. okay, but if it was a Gary Glitter song at a Christmas party, She'd you'd approach and say, right, get that song off now. And if they didn't take it off, what would you do then? Um, Walk out, maybe? Yeah, I suppose so, yeah. I'd say something to the DJ at least, yeah. Okay, thank you, Nadine. Okay. Justin, you thank you very much, Nadine. Justin, stay there. Angela's in St Albans. Angela, what would you do if you heard the Rock and Roll Christmas at a party? I'd dance. I like that song. 
You see, Justin, it's, it's, we can distance ourselves enough from the, 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 the artist, can't we? Listen, I think it's a great song. I'm not, I'm not going to stand here right now and deny that it's a great song, but, but for me, it just wouldn't feel right. You're dancing away at Christmas. Christmas is supposed to be a, a really, really happy time, and you're dancing away to a record by a man who, quite simply, is, is not right and is evil. Well, how could you enjoy dancing to that? Angela? Well, if I ran a radio station, I wouldn't play him. I agree with you there. Yeah. I would not in any way, shape or form give a single penny to that man's pocket. And if he was on fire, I'd chuck some petrol rather than pee on him. But, yeah, it's a song and it's done and it's not going to affect him in any way. Yeah. So, so he's not going to make any it. more Angela, money from that party. Angela, and he fed a few drinks. You, you might forget about what he's done. I'll never forget about what he's done. Angela, we've put about two quid in Jonathan King's pocket today. How do you feel about that? I think you're making a valid point, but I would rather you threw it down his throat in two pences. Okay, I don't. I don't think that PRS allow us to to specify exactly how payments are made, Angela. But I take your point. Thank you very much, uh, indeed. Cracking stuff, Justin. Thank you. Thanks, Ian. Really interesting stuff. I'm going to bring some vinyl records in on Friday. Oh yes. Oh yes, indeed. Get ready for some pops and some crackles. J Dog, uh, excellent stuff, uh, indeed. Well, there you go. That's your lot. Um, yes, we've we've mentioned Jerry Lee Lewis. Of course, we married his thirteen-year-old uh, cousin, and yet he, you know, we still play Great Balls of Fire. There's a, there's a song. Right, that's it. That's your lot. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A1M southbound is partially blocked near Junction 10 for Baldock after an accident. There are queues on the approach there. Entering Icknield Way is closed in both directions between Wingrave Road and Northfield Road because of a building fire. In Hemel Hempstead, Cherry Tree Lane is blocked at Punch Bowl Lane after a lorry has broken down with queues on the approaches. M40 London bound still slow between 2 for Beaconsfield and 1A for the M25. The M25 itself is queuing between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. Public transport has no reported problems. This is Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. Thank you everybody who took part in the show this morning. Lots of phone calls and emails and texts. Uh, It's always uh, nice to receive. If you want to get in touch with me, you can do ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. Go and download the uh, latest podcast and find out whether you can indeed milk a cat. That's it. JVS is up next. From me, until tomorrow, ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Wednesday, nine o'clock, and on today's big phone-in... Do you think married couples should pay less tax? David Cameron says married couples will pay less tax if the Conservatives...